Hello, welcome to the Scott and Paul Vernon podcast. Yo. Scott McLeod here joining as always my good friend and co-host Paul Brown. Once again. Hello. Yo. And we're back to talk more Fraser. We are. And three fantabulous episodes we have to cover, I think. Yes, yes. Particularly one, one of the three particularly I find particularly funny. Mm. <laughs> All three of them are fantastic, but one of them is a particular favourite of mine. The second episode, while it has its merits, the one I'm like, all right, take or leave that episode. But the first, the first one and the third one, especially the first one, the first one I've been waiting to talk about for a long time. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good ones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, he's already laughing. We're already having fun, aren't we? Yes, we are. Like I say, I have my, I have my nicotine. <laughs> I have my. Caffeine mm-hmm. in my squirrel cup. <laughs> Look, Scott, squirrels. I can see the squirrels. Huzzah! <laughs> squirrels and kittens on my lighter. We are we are quickly uh, barreling towards the end of season six. We really are, and uh, only a couple more Fraser related episodes until season six is done. I know, and then we're about to get into the dark dark period of Fraser, if you ask me. Very dark period. <laughs> Yeah, there's going to be a lot more... Uh, I, I will preemptively warn our listeners now, when we get into Season 7 and beyond, I will be very negatory on certain characters. You mean Daphne. What, what's not I that, do what's mean not, Daphne. Let's not dance around. Everybody knows by now. Yes, after Season 6, she becomes a skank. That's one person's opinion, but all right. In my own humble opinion. Hmm. Humble? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when have you ever been humble? All the time. <laughs> How did your voice went so high there? No, immediately gives away that you were a liar. Whatever do you mean? There he goes again. <laughs> I did it again. <laughs> no, but after season six, she's a boot. But anywho, so it just it just depends where you fall on the whole Daphne and Niles thing. We all know where we're falling. I'm trying to stay in the middle, but maybe when I rewatch myself, I'll finally pick a side on everything. Yes, when when we when we get to that, I am hard. I am quite. Heartily on the side of helping Mel beat the piss out of her. <laughs> Anyhow, we in season seven onwards, I believe there'll be a lot more uncertainty. Like, because like before now, there'll be like blocks of episodes as we've been doing now. Yeah, than yeah. Than the one episode a week, which I think the current model we've got is better. Like going into blocks of episodes, you look ahead and you see, oh, there's that one. Ah, not too far down. At least I get to talk about that one. Yeah, yeah. Whereas season seven, like you notice, like when I did my perfect season of Frasier. Other than five of them, five, five, only 19 out of 24 of the episodes that I picked, 19 of those, of those 24 episodes were between seasons one and six. Yeah. And for good reason. <laughs> well, I think season seven and ten didn't even feature at all in my perfect season. I, I will say, and this may be a surprising statement coming from me, considering how hateful I am, particularly uh-huh. of season seven. Season seven does have its moments. I, so, will, I will say that much. It does have its moments there are, there are i think it makes the episodes that are like that do stand out stand out even more like that's very true yeah like weirdly the christmas episodes in the latter half are really really good they always not yeah. the part. like the uh when Fraser keeps dropping nails in it with mail that like, anything more you want to bring out of that box pandora and eventually we'll get to the episode with fridge pants yes <laughs> fridge pants <laughs> i had a reason fridge pants what do you think this means Dog Army. Army. 
I will make when we get to that episode. I'm gonna make sure I'm good and high when we do that episode. <laughs> when you next thing you are high, try putting your pants in the fridge and see if fridge pants really do work. I doubt very much I will do that. <laughs> I will try. I will try putting the pudding in with the chips though. <laughs> I should be putting the pudding in with the chips. For God's sake, man, you're as sober as I am. <laughs> I've overpraised my charge. <laughs> hey, we're we're really getting ahead of ourselves, aren't we? We are, but it's funny. It is funny. He's funny. Not just a little bit funny. He's funny. People being high, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Even especially when they don't know it. But yeah. here we are, season uh, six. We're getting towards the end of the season. We are indeed. Yes. There aren't any like some seasons of Frasier and takes out the seasons as well, but there. So I think one of them has a thing that impacts into the overall story of the season, which is Nails getting his freedom back, because the second episode's about him finally getting to go back to the Montana. Yeah, yeah. The other two are fairly, you know, on their own, but I think the first one particularly, they do well. Peter does really well in these early seasons of doing standalone episodes. He does, that still, yeah. That still, really, that still give you a lot of memorable things to talk about, and we will be talking about that in just a second. But, Paul, you know, nice to tease it. First, you know, like, Okay, this is where we make people pretend that yeah, fucking hell. But you can talk. <laughs> yeah, I can talk. Yeah, I can speak fucking English. I'm not even. I've not even drank any alcohol today. And I have, and I'm more eloquent than you. It's the coffee. It's helping you. It's helping you. It's helping you balance out. Yeah. Well, I was going to. That's not. That's not a sentence that usually works with me very often. Balanced out. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but. I was going to make a joke about us pretending that we like each other, supporting where we pretend we like each other, even though... Hey, we do like I know, each other. I know, like, I say that even though we do, we both know that we are friends, you know, some, as, as, as they say in The Simpsons, that is the joke. Some people call me an enabler, you know. You are. <laughs> One of those people would be me. I am people, and I would call you that. You don't hate me for it, though. You really don't. It's a strong you love it. <laughs> Anyway, I was going to make a joke, you know, knowing that we are friends to joke. Where you? Joke? Yes. Wow. <laughs> how are you? I don't fucking care at this point. Now I don't care about you. Paul, how are you, other than annoying me? Well, I'm quite good, Scott. I've had a good week. Um, I have... Uh, There's a dog army outside, at least. Oh, I can no, hear not a dog army, no. Sorry, I was trying to listen to you all good here, and my ear was... Well, mo- most of my week has been took up with watching this very, very, very... Very well known in the public eye, the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial. Uh-huh. I've been watching quite a lot of that, and I will say simply, so so as not to offend anyone, yeah. I personally was quite quite pleased with the result of said trial. Mm-hmm. I think the right decision was made and all. I I don't believe she is going to work again. Mm-hmm. Thank Christ. That would be hard to imagine. Even even though for some reason she's still in the Aquaman movie. Yeah, I think it's going to be very late on, but they eventually take it. I think the big reason of it for it is that like she's like the secondary like character behind Jason Moore, and I think yeah. they, I think they filmed a lot of it. So yeah, I think she's been cut down to like ten minutes though, and she she had this very upper self idea that she was going to be a a major part of the storyline, but mm-hmm. apparently it's going to be a. It's more a buddy story between Jason Momoa and uh, I think Patrick Wilson. I think it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a whole thing in the first uh, Aquaman about like them being half brothers and everything. Yeah, like, yeah. Really, 
I, I wasn't a big fan of the first Aquaman, so I don't give a fuck See, what happens I, in the I new haven't one. actually seen them all. Is that the only thing that mildly piqued my interest was the fact that Dolph Lundgren was in it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, oh, fuck, Dolph Lundgren, I like him. Yeah. <laughs> On the foes in it as well, and like, like I, I watched the film and like, yeah, or it, yeah, it's got some things going for like, the effects and mostly underwater, and then they above water fight scenes, yeah. Yeah. Sex wise, very, very well done. I've, I've only seen clips of this film mm-hmm. through my avid watching of the trial yeah. stuff, you know, and the only footage I've seen of Amber Heard was her looking like a spastic and her eating a bunch of flowers. Yeah. You know. But like, but like I watched it and I'm like, yeah, there, there are aspects of the of the plot here that like I've seen a million times in other stories. I mean, I know it's part of our Aquaman's like origin comics wise and that's why yeah. you're, you're doing it this way, but I'm watching you like, I've seen this done better in other movies so many other times. Like, so like, there's very little in Aquaman you haven't seen before, maybe done better elsewhere in other yeah. franchises. But then again, you've got that star power, you know, Jason mm-hmm. Momoa, Patrick mm-hmm. Wilson, Willem Dafoe, yeah. Dolph Lundgren, you notice whose name I didn't mention there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I ain't no star power. Nah. That is skank power. <laughs> but, you know, I think you are definitely the majority. I'm, I'm happy that the trail's over, mainly because my mum's been so obsessed with it, you can't, she's so... As soon as she comes home from work, she's on her phone watching stuff to do with the trail. You was was you your mum happy with the result? Yeah, she was, yeah. Good. But, like, it's hard to fry her away to get her attention from the trail just for a minute. Here. <laughs> she's like, fuck off, I'm watching this shit. It was a, also, she's got these weird earpod things, so but so sometimes she can't see that she's got them in, right? She's just looking mm. at her phone, you, you're trying to get attention, like, you're like Stewie, like, mum. Mum. I mean, mum. What? Hi. Hi. Are you, what? Are you still watching that bloody trial? Yes, he hasn't won yet. Oh wait, he he has. Yay! She has to pay him ten million pounds, which he can't afford to pay. Yay! She's never going to work again, and she's a lying bitch. Yay! I've just let my my emotions get ahead of me, there. You no no not at all no no not at all. But no, I've, I've been watching that, and I was very happy also during the week that Connor Goldson went and did a last-minute signing on with Rangers again for another four years, so right. stoked about that. So, my football shit is going well. Johnny Depp's found his vindication, and he's just he's just so... The one thing I've found for this trial, mm-hmm. apart from the fact he seems a very broken man because of her, Oh, yeah. He seems like such a good guy. <laughs> you know? Like, how can you think he would do half the horrible things that she said he'd done? Well, I think because, it, well, I think it was partly known, but it came out a lot during this. Obviously, yeah, he had a terrible drug problem. Mm. And it was funny to watch clips of this trial and, like, how guys were saying, like, is it true on this night you, you took X amount of cocaine and. This yeah. But it, as he said in his final statement, like, no no human being is perfect, none mm-hmm. of us are. And he, the very fact he said that, you know, I might not be perfect, but I didn't do any of this horrible fucked up shit as he's saying I did. Mm-hmm. I had a drink in a truck problem, yes, yes, but I'm not a mm-hmm. horrible beast. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the very fact that he was willing to put himself basically at the mercy of the public mm-hmm. it says a lot for him. Mm-hmm. You know, because he he won this trial, she lost, and she's still talking bullshit. Yeah. Like when when will the bullshit end? I don't think it ever will, to be honest. You know, I I 
I, I feel sadness for our child. <laughs> I really do. I really do. Like, and I like us to get this whole, like, any serious aspect of yeah. our show out right away so we can get yeah. to the happy and the Fraser yeah. and whatnot. But, you know, I, I, I felt a lot of vindication for him, but also felt a lot of sadness during watching it because mm-hmm. it's, he seemed like such a broken man. I think a lot of people were picking up on the idea, like, she's constantly looking at him, trying to get him to look back at her, and he's always looking at the jury and everything. Trying oh, to don't, don't even get me started on that shit. But, like, the idea of, like, he wouldn't even look at her anymore, and you're like, like that's what a, a real victim yeah, does. Yeah, that's when confronted with their abuse, like, they don't want to look. Yeah, like a real victim them. doesn't want to look at the fucker yeah. who's done it to them. Yeah. You know? And that, that fucking recording of her going, going, tell people, see yeah. how anybody believes you. Well, do you know what? He spoke up and people fucking believed him, bitch. Mm-hmm. So fuck you. And your weird looking fucking sister and your crappy team of lawyers. <laughs> oh, I was watching these videos. The main videos I'd watch were of other people talking about it and then clips and, and compilations of the yeah, channel. Yeah. I didn't watch full on like coverage of it. But like I was I was watching uh, one video series of videos I started watching was like a guy who's a criminal lawyer and he would watch like yeah, cross yeah. examinations and treaty and like, what they're trying to do here and, and he was very much showing just why Amber Heard's team were doing so shit and why Johnny Depp's team were so good. Yeah, Johnny Depp's team were fucking... We were a well-oiled machine. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he talked about how more often not, like, when Amber Heard's team would ask somebody a question, like, during cross-examination, like, they were asking opening questions where they don't know the answer to, like, so they can't control what comes, so they, they might be trying to, you know, lead, to, lead to people think, oh, this thing about a person, but then they'll say the opposite of what they want them for to God's say. For God's sake, they were objecting to their own questions, for God's sake. I did laugh when it when was inevitably like, ruled in Joy's favour. They immediately asked to, for the jury to be pulled, and they all said, yes, this is our verdict, yes, yes, yes. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, she, does any, either of you want the jury pulled? Yes, we do. Uh, yes, 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 <laughs> yes. And then they're like, oh, man, we probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> now everybody knows that the jury hates her. <laughs> But we can't forget about the saddest part of that trail. Her dog stepped on a bee. <laughs> Her dog stepped on a bee. <laughs> uh, oh, I've that. ran out of coffee. <laughs> uh, anyway, other than that, uh, how how, how has your week been? I was going to ask if you did anything else you'd been... Oh, just Ranger stuff, Johnny yeah. Depp stuff. Yeah. yeah we, we got Ranger what, stuff and Johnny Depp what, stuff. Uh, we got that, that stuff oh, out of the way. And today, in a sort of small nun thing, when I was looking through my cupboard, uh-huh. I was generally... You know that way you do sometimes? You go like, what can I make? Mm-hmm. You know? Because you know that way sometimes you look in your cupboard and you've got a lot of stuff, but you're not quite... Sure, uh-huh. what you fancy or whatever. And I was like, what could I make? And I moved some tins and went, huh, I didn't remember I had tea cakes. <laughs> <laughs> I had some tea cakes. They're lovely tea cakes. They are lovely little tea cakes. Those little, re- is it Lee's? Yeah, Lee's Please. jam tea cakes. are very lovely, those yeah. ones. But I had bought them while we're weak. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, one of those things where you go to the till yeah. and you see them just looking at you, like, oh, fuck it, I'll get them. <laughs> Uh, we we box of tea cakes all day. 
I've got, got to make a comment about the jamming them, but like if I go, if I start that, I'll go off and I'll look and fetch yeah. thing, and I don't have the time to do that. But no, I was looking and I found them in my cupboard and I was like, oh yeah, I did buy those. Yeah, cool, tea cakes. Yeah. And then kind of just went, yeah, cool. And didn't have one. I yeah. just went, oh, good. I noted it in my mind. I was like, good, I have tea cakes. Mm-hmm. And then I had a digestive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, uh, during the week, uh, I had like, a couple of days where I was in by myself because my, my dog Dexter went to my auntie's. Were, were you twiddling your thumbs? No. Were you going, la 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 See, you're doing it now. Yeah, because you put it in my head. Anyway. Twiddly thumbs. Anyway, my mum went to Edinburgh with my dad for a couple of days because she'd been given this, uh, been bought this experience for her birthday by my auntie where oh. she could go and feed these giraffes in Brazil because my mum's obsessed oh, with giraffes. It was just there was a lot of young kids there. We don't we joked ahead time would be child, 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 woman in her fifties, child, child. <laughs> hey, doesn't matter if your mother's in her bloody fifties. <laughs> I know. I I was gonna joke, but see, we were joking because like, is this? Not, I know this is a thing that says for all ages, but you there's gonna be a lot of children, and then you isn't there, and we were all making a joke of it. But yeah, my mum was very childlike. Your mother could be whatever age she bloody wants to be. If she if she likes giraffes and she wants to feed giraffes and she. She'd enjoy feeding the giraffes. She did enjoy feeding the giraffes. And then on Wednesday, I went and met my auntie. I took Dexter back of the road. It was just me and him in the evening. And then Thursday, they came home. And then I had to leave because then I had to go over to my brother's house watch his two dogs because <laughs> they were at a wedding over in Dundee for a couple of days. And then they came back on the Sunday. I went home Monday. And, you know, in between all that, just chilling with dogs with their minds or theirs, you know. <laughs> I took a photo, I put it on Facebook, I think you saw it, where they just they just sandwiched themselves between my, my legs and they were just... Yeah. And Ellie, one of the dogs, her eyes are partly open the photo, like, literally they're both sound asleep, but Ellie almost has this sense, like, she she knows when someone's trying to take a photo or a video of her, <coughs> where she just opened her eyes, so like, there was a point where she was on the carpet and she was doing a thing, the dogs sent to Ellie, where they just roll around, yeah. just amusing themselves, and I went to take a video of it, and literally as I started pressing recording, she just stopped and looked at me like, yeah, I not- will not be your... You're dancing monkey. I'm not your puppet prick. <laughs> you know, there's so many videos out there that I enjoy watching of dogs doing death things, but this is a dog that will not be... Like, I will not be party to this. You will not film me doing a thing. I, I quite enjoy those things. I enjoy that uh, Tony Baker thing. Uh-huh. You know, like like all random pets and whatnot, and like, he voices over them and they seem like we're chit-chatting. Yeah. I, I do apologise for that. That's my, my phone telling me I need to charge. <laughs> But no, he he does a lot of like dogs and cats, and he had one what I seen quite a while ago. Now I don't know how old. I think it's quite a bit old, but <laughs> it's the uh, one of those little tiny doggies. Yeah. And you know, one of those little tiny doggies that people like to put a fucking t-shirt on or some shit. Yeah. You know those type of dogs. Well, it's sitting there, and the cat's kind of lounging on like one on a one of those fucking puffy things. You know the yeah. footrest things. Uh, the cat's got its claw and its wee jacket and its wee t-shirt and the dog's like oh damn Rudy oh they got good snacks in there and they're like they ain't for you <laughs> the wee dog's cry run off and the cat's got it with a t-shirt low in the moon oh damn Rudy <laughs> and the cat's just like you know mm-hmm. and the one with the two cats like on a on a high ledge, no one was like that. Scar, help me! <laughs> Only one can be king. 
Ja. <laughs> on the Tuesday when I was in by myself, I was going to the te- I went along to the Tesco that's down the road from the office that I work in. Well, I only go in there on a Tuesday, but I went to do the local Tesco down the road, and then I was looking for I was grabbing some stuff for later on, like some rolls to have with my dinner and yeah. stuff for later on. And occasionally I'd be wanting to buy some stuff in the confectionery. I got one or two things, but then there'd be times where I want to buy something in that thing where you're you're hungry, so everything you want you just want to grab everything and looking by and every so often I had to tell myself, You don't need that. You ended up making a roll on Harry Bows for your dinner, didn't you? No, I wish I did now. Yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> now that's the kind of statement we can make you tell someone's a weed smoker. <laughs> you know. A roll on Harry Bow. You know. <laughs> Kids and grown-ups love it, so happy roll on Harry Ball. <laughs> we were talking about going to your crib, I thought you were going to talk to the kids and bitches like one of the Tuesday night dinners, because I've had one of those experiences where I thought, oh, I'm going to make myself two wee, these wee Chicago time pizzas, and I got told they were two in the fridge, the freezer, sorry. I went in the freezer, and there's only one, so then I have to scurry through the fridge, like, I need to find something to go with this, I can't have one individual pizza on its own. Oh, you could. I could, but I didn't want to. I'm too greedy. I want. I need something to go with it. I'm dashing through. Like, I need something to go on the side. I need to throw together some shit. Do you know, I had one of those little Chicago town pizzas yeah. once. And, you know, just for shits and giggles and all, I I, I sectioned it in eights, like <laughs> you do with a big pizza. And then I had tiny pizza sections and it was fun. I did the opposite of that one time. I cut it in just down the middle and then tried doing, tried folding, like... It's a very precarious thing. You gotta let it cool down for a thing because the sauce will, the sauce will come out. Yeah, it will melt your face. and it will burn you. Sauce from the Chicago Dome Pizza is one of the hottest substances known to man. It's, like, I don't know if you've ever had one, but it's like the contents of a crispy pancake. I've never had a crispy pancake, but uh, I understand it's yeah. sweeter. Or a, or a McDonald's apple pie. Well, like sometimes when I heat up a sandwich, <laughs> where I can eat bits of pepperoni inside it. Sometimes I bite into it, and sometimes the pepperoni. Full bit comes out. This is very hot. <laughs> but uh, I'll tell you one funny story I was going to tell you about my week, but I thought I'll save that for the podcast before we get into Fraser. We will get to Fraser, I know. We will. I was Tomorrow, thinking, next day, we'll get there. My week. Uh, I, I was we'll get there, okay? Before, Deal. Before we talk about it, I was going to say, I was trying to think, because uh, I was listening to a podcast, a wrestling podcast, but they take some time to take ages to do thing before they get to the wrestling and they joked that on one of their shows, one of their, their record was like 58 minutes. <laughs> and I was trying to think, what is our record? And I thought, I don't need to think about it, because we've done episodes where we've talked so long, those would become episodes on their own. Yeah, like, we, our, we've, like an hour long. We've had, we could well surpass that, because our bullshit becomes an episode, as you say. <laughs> I think, like, outside of that, I think I've got to do something about this, because, you know, I'm trying I'm wondering what episodes did, did we talk so much shit before we got to the thing that didn't end up becoming its own thing? Well, you remember your Manchester episode. Well, yeah, that became an episode. Yeah. I'm trying to say, outside of that, what, what, is there an episode out there where we talked for ages before getting to the subject but didn't end up cutting the thing into another part? Well, look what I have. What is, well, I could see it, but this is an audio medium. <laughs> I have a nice one. bottle of Maker's Mark. Which is... Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. Yeah. He strikes his caffeine, now he's going to mail himself back down again with some uh, Fully some matured alcohol, alcohol 45% by volume, 90 proof. Jesus, mother Christ. That's some good shit. <laughs> anyway. And look at the pretty little bottle it comes in. Anyway, can I tell my story, please? Yes, you can. Anyway, I was getting, we were getting an Uber Eats the other night, 
Uh, we're ordering McDonald's on Uber Eats and uh, the driver had some issues getting to us <laughs> because he was... Did his wheels fall off his car or some shit? No, he somehow put the address in wrong. I don't know how he did it. Because he's gay. I mean, I know most people who work on Uber Eats, I mean, in my experience, there are a lot of people whose English isn't their first language, but they get this job because otherwise wise, I'm sure it's free and it's and they, it's easy, yeah. easy to hire people like that. And and I'm, so I'm not holding it too much against them, but, you know, you know, I, I was I could tell his English was not his first language when I uh, looked at the name where it said your driver is and there were more syllables than they should be in the average name. Your driver is not from here. Your driver is... That's fucking racist, man. Well, I'm just saying, I, could, I, I, I don't even want to attempt to pronounce his name because if I tried to pronounce it and it's so horribly wrong, it would sound racist when it's not meant to be racist. That's okay, because you wouldn't catch me being racist. No, 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 no. What? Not, not intentionally, not when he's sober. That's what you mean. We, we joke, of course, we're not racist. No, we are not racist. Did really. Not a racist. Take really, not a racist. Yeah. Anyway. I hear you're a racist now, Father. <laughs> How do you get interested in that sort of thing? Should we all be racist now? What's what? the official line the church has taken on the matter? Although the farm takes up most of the day, and at night I just like a cup of tea. Might not be able to dedicate myself full time to the old racism. Good for you, Father. <laughs> Good for you. And someone had the guts to stand up to them. Coming over here, taking our jobs and our women. Fucking Greeks. Is that the Greeks? It's the Chinese he's after. I don't care as long as I get a chance to have a go at the Greeks. They invented gayness. I'm not after the Chinese. I'm not after anybody. <laughs> Fucking Greeks. How's Mary? Oh, she's grand. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh. I am Chinese, if you please. Von <laughs> do go lighten up. There are Chinese people there. Oh, yes, that's a Ling family. They live in that Chinatown area. There's a Chinatown in Craggy Island. I wouldn't have done a Chinaman impression if I'd have known there was a Chinaman there to see me doing a Chinaman impression. Why not, Ted? Because <laughs> it's racist. <laughs> I have to catch up with them and let them know I'm not a racist. <laughs> oh, yes. That's right, Mrs. Doyle. He's not a racist. See, <laughs> <laughs> like... the randomness of our show can be fun. I didn't realise we'd go beat for beat the entire episode. It's that quotable, you know. Well, that, that particular section. Yeah. But Father Ted is very quotable. It is, it is very cool. Yeah. I, I like the fact that's like early 90s. But even then, Ted knew not to be racist. And then, also, he made a fuck-up. And then the episode is about him trying to correct that fuck-up. and yeah. Which is why, if it was anybody else handling the show other than the father of Ted, people, people would look back in the episode like, oh, they didn't age very well. But you watch back, like, that's just still funnier than ever. Like, there's some people that still don't think it aged well, but those people are bitches. But, but I think it's, it's age is better than some sitcoms of its era. Like what? I don't know. I don't. I didn't. I didn't expect you to ask for examples. I don't have any. All sitcoms of that era were really fucking funny. Just say, like even then, like Ted was trying to so he's not a racist. I think like even then, people still use that gift. That I hear you're a racist. 
Anyway, oh. like when somebody gets out to so and so said a racist thing, I hear you're a racist now. <laughs> anyway, back to the story. The point was, the guy got lost. There was a point? Yes. Fuck! <laughs> I was making a joke about, I was talking about the guy who got lost, and then he phoned me saying, I, I, can't, I can't find you. Like, he, so he didn't, his English wasn't his first time, plus the connection wasn't very good, so there was a lot of us going, hello? Hello? I can't find you. What? what? Where are you? English isn't my first language. I don't know where the fuck you are. Help me here, man. I'm lost. I'm confused. Uh, so, uh, my mum gets on the phone. The guy had went the wrong way. He went along South Street, uh, oh. which is around the industrial area, around or the corner from the street, from the entrance to the street, which I live in. So, the guy went near a car garage near us. Didn't know where we were. We had to remind him to type in the actual address into a fucking sat nav to get here. <laughs> and then after the guy contacted Uber Eats, messaged me saying, "Your Uber Eats driver's trying to contact you." I know he just fucking phoned me. <laughs> and then it starts warning me. Uber Eats out there warning me. Oh, your order may be cancelled if you don't respond to your Uber Eats driver. Trying. I just fucking did. I've been trying to direct him to where I am. Did you get it? Eventually? I got. We got to eventually. I had to heat it up a wee bit. But still, yeah, I was going to say I would assume it would be a little cold by the time you got it. Yeah, more than a little what bit. What was it you ordered? We ordered McDonald's, my, my dad, mum and dad got a quarter pounder meal, right? My dad always orders the same thing, gets a quarter pounder meal, right? But he also orders an additional wee single cheeseburger that's ate it, right? He's just like Brian in that <laughs> regard, he does that. I usually get like just two double cheeseburgers and fries, because really you can't order a double cheeseburger meal on Uber Eats, you need to order two double cheeseburgers mm. and then fries individually. But instead I got myself a large fries and a triple cheeseburger. Because it was smashing. Do you realise that if you took the top off one of those cheeseburgers and sat the other one on top of it, you would have a quadruple oh, I've cheeseburger? Done that. I've done that. That's part of the reason I did it. But then you would get drunk and feel horrid, horrible, horrible lament because you had this one, one loose bun of cheeseburger and you would be like, I've made my quadruple cheeseburger, but what will I do with this errant bun? No, why, why do that? I've heard people say, oh, I... I do that, like, to, basically, people say they do the cheeseburger because they don't, and they don't eat the other two, like, the bottom bun from one, the top from one, because, oh, it's, like, less carbs and just meat, like, no, I then take the two, but I take then the two yeah. buns that are left with any cheese that's remaining and eat that on its own. Ah. But, like, I eat that on its own, then eat the quadruple burger. Don't eat the quadruple burger first. You need to, new, need to save the quadruple burger new after. Idea, new idea. With the two bun bits that are left mm-hmm. and the cheese, put some fries in the middle. I'd have to be very high or drunk for that. But uh, I, I could help you out with that. <laughs> I'm sure you could. I'm sure I you could. could. You could? You could? I could. Yeah. I have a lot of booze. <laughs> so then we were very frustrated about how much of a palaver it was to, to get to to get to us, right? So yeah. we were very frustrated. I made doubly sure, like, okay, this this is, this is... I looked at the receipt on the side because the guy opened the bag. He had our order and closed someone else's. And he looked at both orders for a worrying amount of time. <laughs> so, implying he wasn't entirely sure which one it w- was which. So I took this lot to get here. I don't know what's what. Help me. God knows how cold the other people's were by the time it got to them. <laughs> you have to feel for the people that were after you. Yeah. But like, so I double check. Okay, that's the receipt. I recognise the order, right? And I got in. And my dad didn't have his single cheeseburger. And yes, it would have been easy to phone up and call his hell and, and and yell at this delivery driver, 
Good, but it was only in that moment my mother raised the point that I realised this wasn't on a delivery driver. I forgot to order my dad's single tea. I got the two quarter pounder meals. I got my thing. I forgot the burger. And my dad that before my dad's a bit ready to kick off, and then I have to remind him. Actually, that was me, and that one that was my fault. Sorry. And did he kick? Did he kick off at you? Well, he didn't kick off, but he did sarcastically try to make me feel bad about it. Like, I'm sure. Nice. I'll win later because I'm still hungry. Like, oh yes, I'm sure you'll waste away. You'll one burp and you'll be empty with that full quarter pounder meal you've got in there, Davy. You bastard. Oh, you're right, yeah, he's, Oh, so he didn't get his wee side thing. Oh, it's his side burger that oh, he didn't get. Sake, I'm sure he can survive without the wee side thing. I know. Christ. I'm sure he wanted it, but oh, the time at the time it looked like he hadn't. No, no, that's all thing. <laughs> but I don't even remember fully the details. I'll get it wrong. You'll get well. Anyway, so. Point of the story, uh, I don't think I'll get Uber Eats again for a long time. Maybe I'll wait a, a while because the last two times it's happened, they've forgotten things from my uh, order, and then this time I forgot to order something. The guy yeah. was late. Like, I once ordered a double quarter pounder meal. They brought me a single quarter pounder, and then they didn't feel the need to bring me another double. They just, they, it was in a double box. Some idiot at McDonald's clearly put it in the wrong box. Well, at least you got the double box. I don't care if it's box. I can't eat the box. I'm not going to eat the box. Considering sometimes the amount of cheese that is on the box, you could technically eat the box. But I'm not going to or eat the box. Or you could eat the cheese off the box. No, you eat the cheese off the box like a reasonable person. You don't eat, start eating cheese in what the box is. We live in a society. We do. Apparently. Wow. So they say. I didn't know that. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> so that was my weird Uber Eats story. Uh, you shouldn't go for Uber Eats, you know. Yeah. You should go for Just Eat. I don't have Just Eat. They're, they're just a... It's McDonald's. what you were telling me, they're a little bit more reliable. And it's McDonald's on, on Just Eat. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. McDonald's is, KFC is, I don't even, I don't BK. Even, I, don't, I rarely even use just uh, Uber Eats for anything else other than, you know, once I learned you can get McDonald's delivered through Uber Eats, that's all I use it for. Well, you can get it through Just Eat. Oh yeah, but I don't use just eat too. But also you can, like I say, KFC, BK, the hut, you know. Yeah, but I, it's easier to use the hut through its own website. Well, I suppose Domino's isn't on just eat because Domino's have their own thing. Yeah. I, you know that's something I've not had in a while. A Domino's? A Domino's, yeah. Kind of went off it because every time you get a Domino's or pizza seems either shite or burnt. Mm. You know. I, I, I can't remember the last time I had a Domino's, to be fair. Yeah. Do I had? Do, do you know I, the last time I had a Pizza Hut? When was the last time you had a Pizza Hut? It's been 22 years since I've had a Pizza Hut. Seriously? Yeah, 22 years. And the reason I say... No, 21 years, I think. Depending on when the OzFest I went to was. <laughs> if it was 2000, 22 years. If it was 2001, 21 years. And do you know also, that was the one and only time I've ever had a Pizza Hut. Not for you? Or was there No, 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 or... just, just you know. We went there because um, my friend and me at the time, we were going to the Ozfest, which mm-hmm. was in Milton Keynes. And before we went to go get our bus to go to the gig, you know, yeah. we stopped off in Pizza Hut. And we got, which was the new pizza at the time, you know, the Edge the big square bastard with egg crusts. Alright, I don't think I ever had that one. Aye, we got that, and we got sides with it and shit, and it was really lovely, and then we went to get with bus, and it was fun. You know, we bought cigars. 
<laughs> so like, when we got there, we got to Milton Keynes because we were going there to see Black Sabbath. <laughs> and we thought, when we get off this bus, we're going to light up a couple of stogies. And we're like, we're at the Oz Fest. <laughs> Sweet. And we did that. That was really cool. <laughs> yeah. And that is the one and only time I've had a pizza hut. Alright. Yeah. Is there no appeal to get pizza in the years since? Well, it's pizza, isn't it? Pizza's pizza. Alright. No. Fuck's sake, you get the same quality buying at the fucking shop. Pizza's pizza. Yeah. I, 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 re- I very rarely had a pizza that's out overtly just bad. No, I've never, well, I've had a bad pizza, but I've never had a, like, a fucking... Yeah. Like, oh my god, I'm not eating that pizza, but man, this is kind of shape. I'm hungry. Pizza. Like, and I know we're, I'll get, I'll get to it in a second, but, like, eh, uh, no, I'm stateless. We'll stay, we'll do a food episode in a couple of weeks' time uh, or whenever at some point in the future. We'll do, we'll, stories. We'll, we'll do a takeout retrospective. Sure, why not? That's what we'll do. There is seven goddamn minutes in, and finally here we are. Frasier, episode 17 of season 6. We'll get to it now. Yes, yeah, so it had to be 37 minutes in because we were talking about pizza. And other <laughs> things. But, uh, and trying to prove that, much like Valentine, we're not a racist. We are not racist. <laughs> well, I mentioned earlier my, my preferred season of Frasier when I was putting together a mixed match of episodes to create the perfect season, or at least what I thought was that this was one of the episodes I mentioned as much like one of my other favourite <coughs> all-time episodes, My Coffee With Nails, in that it's set in a singular location. It's what you call in the, the TV business a bottle episode, where you, you stay in the one location for yeah. the entire episode. At least, I mean, that's what you call it when episodes, we have other episodes that we have seasons or shows that, you know, set around people going to different locations. You know, there are some, yeah, sit- yeah. There are some sitcoms where you just stay in the same location for the whole series, like, like The Royal Family. TV show, UK show, they're always, they're always in their living room. I, I always, you know, I always enjoyed that set and that show. I thought it was comfortable, comforting. They're always talking about going places and then when they eventually leave, they don't show you, they don't show you. No, it's every time they ever went anywhere was in a couple of the later Christmas specials, but yeah. outside of that, they never went anywhere. But, um, I always showed you them. The one we are covering first out of our yeah. Fraser related episodes today is the dinner party yes it is and it, like I said it's one I've been wanting to talk about for a long time mm, well, it, was, it is up there as one of my favourite all time oh, I, I would agree with you it was uh, written by Jeffrey Rickman and mm. directed by David Lee mm. David Lee directed many he was one of the main directors he was uh, one of the other main directors was a Christopher Lloyd not that Christopher yeah, Lloyd not like, do you know when, first, when I first started watching Fraser and seen that name I thought Uncle Fester wrote this <laughs> You know, but the original, do you know the, uh... I love you said Uncle Fester and not, like, Back to the Future, Christopher. <laughs> Fuck Back to the Future, it sucks. You know what's funny? I've been watching a lot of that Malcolm in the Middle, and, you know, Brian Cranston's in it as the dad. Yeah, yeah. I've watched an episode where they go, yeah, a big family event, where all his side of the family, and Christopher Lloyd pops up in that as he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was fun. No, Just I, imagine him as Brian Cranston's I dad. I believe I'm in the minority of people that think Back to the Future is a pile of shite. I've only seen the first one, I didn't really see the appeal. But no, um, do you know the original air dates of this were different, obviously, in the US and in the UK? I imagine so, the yeah. US is always ahead of the well, UK. Well, the original air date in NBC was the 11th of March, 99, and the original air date on Channel 4 was the 30th of April, 99. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially sooner after the event than, we, than some shows nowadays get. 
Yeah. You know, sometimes you can be waiting months for for shows from the US they come to British TV. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes and news of their own like traditional channels like your Channel Four, your E Four. Oh, well, you have to remember like, in nineteen ninety nine also how popular Fraser would have been at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that was like you had your TV blogs, you had your Fraser, you had your friends. Well, like I you, don't know exactly what else would have been a. I well, suppose Will and Grace would have been big then yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, like, Seinfeld had just ended, like, I, I mentioned to you, the start of season six, Fraser talks about taking over from someone. They'd moved into the prime NBC time slot that once belonged to Seinfeld. It was one of the slots to be in for Did TV. Did Seinfeld sh- end in 99? Well, not 99, but, like, 98, I think, was started oh, and. Yeah. Didn't think it ended. I think, I think it. I think it started in eighty nine. Yeah, ran for like ran, ran, ran for like nine seasons. So ran to like the end, like very late nineties. Yeah, well, apparently the story with Seinfeld was um, the TV execs had fucking pushed and pushed and tried to get him to keep on for another one, <laughs> and the rest of the cast were up on it. But Jerry Seinfeld was like, nah. nah. He's like, I've made my money, fuck the rest of you, I'm good. <laughs> and even, I've watched Seinfeld, you know, it does It does have a smarter and a funny in it, but mm. it's not, it's, I don't, much like, um, much like you and the whole not getting the appeal back to the future, and I agree with you on that one, I never really got the appeal, Seinfeld. I, I can enjoy it, like, I can appreciate, like, oh, that episode was very well written, I liked what they did oh, there. Oh, yeah, totally, but, totally. But, it's not, but I've never been out really, like, laughing throughout the episodes. Like, I remember yeah. gags, and I bring them up to him about, like, the bit with the puffy shirt. Like, like, like Vicky Lynch was wearing a puffy shirt on Ron, everybody was sharing the gift, the means of heart, and Jerry Temple, like, Vicky, you're going to be the first pirate. I don't want to be a pirate. <laughs> 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 So anyway, they're in a prime like spot. I mean, they're one of the main shows. Like they've already been started winning Emmys and everything. Kelsey Grammer's been winning a couple of Emmys for and Golden Globes for best actor in a TV series for his role in Frasier. Are you remotely surprised? Well, no, I'm already <laughs> saying, but already by this point, he's already been picking up the acts for this. I mean, we we cannot forget what he won. Uh, I believe he won an Emmy for Boss, mm-hmm. and the, the look on Jeremy Irons' face. <laughs> When he didn't, he won it. You know, Fraser had the most, like, combined, I think it was a combined nominee, I can't remember if it was Windsor News, but had the most combined MA, one of those things, yeah. for a long time. And it wasn't until Game of Thrones <sighs> came along, too. But, like, it held, that on, held on to that for a long time. And let's be honest, in the grand scheme of things, Game of Thrones was a lot of wank. It wasn't until the end of it. But anyway, that's not what I'm here talking about. I'm talking about how... It's already, this isn't a very hot year for Fraser, is what we were talking about. Hells, yes. But they're in the apartment, starting to Nails is there playing while he and Fraser just hanging out as the Green Brothers do. And, and uh, this is, they come up with the idea to have a dinner party. Yeah. And that's and that just, <laughs> and we fall. Because usually we see the, the Green Supply events and then it would do a fade to black, come up, and now they're, there you are. Right? You're, yeah, at the, yeah. you're at the party that they've they'd say to have. But this is the. It shows you gives a wee insight to what goes into the Cream Brothers planning an event. Yeah, so we get we get into it and like like you say, Niles just chilling, playing the piano and Fraser's listening and he's like, You know, Niles, I think we're gonna have the dinner party. Kurt Cohost. Oh, I love that idea. What's the occasion? I got the idea last night when we bumped into Gene and Hollis Ashby at the Symphony. I always wanted to get to know them better. Me too, they're such a charming couple. They remind me of me and Maris's. He starts pouring himself and goes, you remind me of me and Maris when we were happy. And Fraser's like, really? I must have been sick that day. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, the door goes as he's saying that and then comes Roger's 
she's wearing a very long dress and she's carrying a big red bag with a with mm. a that dress for Daphne yeah. and then and like, is that your dry clean? No, it's Daphne's. Alice spit up in her dress now to have her uh, dry clean. You missed a bit, like when she's going to the door and he's like Fraser looks at her and he's like, Oh Ross <laughs> and she's like, Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. and then she's like, Oh, I have to I had to have her dress dry clean. I also had to buy her new shoes and detail her car. I've never seen a kid so sick. <laughs> and then Daphne comes out uh, she's in her dressing gown, also because she's waiting for her dress. Yeah, and she's like, oh, you look gorgeous. <laughs> she's like, how much time do we have? 20 minutes, I bet I get changed. And now that's them where they're going. And then Ros is like, Daphne has friends at the British Consulate and they're having a big reception tonight. She has an invitation. <laughs> I love I love this one from, from now. It's like, yeah. oh, wait, who knows, Ros? Maybe we'll meet some English lord who'll make you a lady. And they laugh and they walk up. And, yeah, and then they also say, I think at this point we'll take an actual lord to make her a lady. Okay, I thought you said I'll take the actual lord to make her a lady. <laughs> <laughs> Just all, even after all this that's, time. That's like one of the best examples of Niles. We sort of like quickly like, hmm, I'm going to say something mildly funny and derogatory about her. Yeah, he's always poking fun at, like, Fraser does too, but he always is poking fun at her. Uh, Ross's, uh, you know, proclivities with, with men and everything. And mm. Stephen's ex has his two best ones, I think. That one and, uh, well, I'll be a son of a bitch. Uh, but when Fraser's like, well, let's pick a date for our party. We just, book. we just talk about how random it is that Daphne, Daphne has a past we don't know, but she's on a t- she used to be on a show, a TV show. She knows people at the British Consulate and everything. Like, they always give you a wee insight. She was once engaged, like, like, you've lived a weird path. Like, you she know was what once people... engaged, she was once on a TV show, she got friends with the British consulate, she had a pseudo-lesbian <laughs> fling with her roommate. Yeah. Uh, she bred show rats. <laughs> She's an interesting chick. And she at Lander is that questionable picture of her and Prince Charles in her bedroom. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, yeah, so she's, she's a very interesting cat, is Daphne. Yeah, there's, there's that the fact that she may be a bit mentally unstable and thinks she can thinks she is psychic. Well, I'm a bit psychic. <laughs> we decided to find usually, it charming. Usually strongest during my time of the month. <laughs> oh, there's a secret out then, didn't I? Don't worry, your secret is safe with us. She's she's psychic. We decided to find it charming. So, uh, ah, Miss Moon, we will contact you through the toaster. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, and they're going and they're going through. They're both checking their dates. Yeah, like, they're doing stuff together. He's like, the first is no good. No wine club. Second, library fundraiser. Third, no, no. Fourth, fifth, sixth. No, no, no. What about the eleventh? Oh no! And Rachel goes, no, I got concert tickets. I don't have that marked. Yes, because I'm taking a date. Well, isn't that nice? And he starts writing his book. Eleventh. Expect desperate last minute call from F. <laughs> Anything <laughs> next I, week? I used to do that to my brother when we watched the episode because there were times where he'd randomly invite me because like, oh, I've went to this thing with who I can we or I've got a spare ticket for this thing. <laughs> like, expect the last minute call from R. I've got the 19th. I've got the 19th. The 19th it is then. Huzzah! <laughs> <laughs> and then Martin comes in. Hey, boys, hey, Dad. Oh, after our unusual protracted game of dueling daybook, that Nihilus and I have set a mutual acceptable evening for our, for an intimate soiree. Then Martin's like paused and was like, what? We're having a dinner party. Oh, sounds good. Any date but the 19th. Well, what's wrong with the 19th? My poker game's here at night. 
Can't you reschedule? No, it's always the third Saturday of the month and everybody shows. Jimmy wants to postpone his daughter's wedding just so he could be here. You ever saw his daughter, you know how risky that was. <laughs> but, you know, we wouldn't ask you if there was any other date that worked. Do you really expect me to give up my game so you can have one of your in intimate soirees? I knew he knew what that meant. <laughs> then Fraser's like, Dad, please, could you at least make a few calls? I'll tell you what, if you can change the day, I'll cover your losses that night. Oh, well, all right, I'll try. But, you know, these guys live pretty busy lives, you know. I can't always get in touch with them. And then I was like, let's hope that dog track has a PA system. <laughs> <laughs> that one's up. And then, like, they start making a cater, but, like, oh, inevitably, when they try to get the, the ASPs that they mentioned, they had some issues. So, uh, I mean, I don't want to pick holes in this, because, obviously, if they did if they did do this first day, it wouldn't be as funny. But, you know, the fact that, like, oh, we want to do this, all send this dinner party from this couple we want to get to know. But don't, but don't I just like the whole, you know, the whole getting to that when we realize the Ashby's are kind of, yeah. But like, uh, the idea is like, oh, we need to figure out what works for us. Like, oh, they're going through their own bit. But it's like, maybe phone them and ask them what their date looks like, you know. Yeah, but, don't don't start planning your party first away. Yeah. But um, he's like, all right, Niles, back to our party. Got any thoughts on the caterer? Well, Cornell Evans, he's priced you, but you know, he's the best. Let's book him. Oh, marvellous. There you go. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were still on the line. <laughs> then Rods and Daphne walk out, they're both in their dresses now. Face is like, oh my goodness. Well, we're off to the ball, don't wait up. Daphne, wait, 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 there's something on the back of your dress. Uh, it's a big, like, white spot, and they're like, oh my god, it looks like bleach or something. They're trying to clean it with it. Rods is like, I saw it, it's nothing. You saw it? And she's like, don't worry, it's hardly noticeable. Well, Dr. Cray noticed it. That's because he's always looking at your. Ross! <laughs> Oh, I can't. And then Daphne's like, well, I can't go now. The only. Why not? What's the only film of dress I've got? Wait, I've got the rest of my dry cleaning. Get in the car. I bet I'll have something you can wear. I'll be right back. And then she reads, and Daphne goes back to towards her room, and they're like, you know, Daphne, I bet I could be able to get that out for you. And no, goes, the cleaners spoil it. You can damn well fix it. Well, we'll just take it, and then Freecher stops them. Like, yeah. And then, I do love it. Also, now that Roz is now in on the fact that. Uh, her nails with her daddy. Yeah. She, she's very early on, immediately almost goes to, that's because he's almost she's always staring at you and always gives it. Yeah, and nails like, Roz! <laughs> uh, oh, but I just love a little Fraser on the He's like, Can I speak to Cornell, please? Mm -hmm. Yes, of course, I'll hold. And then Niles just got a little room again, and he's like, Daphne, I mean it, if I just had a toothbrush and the doors, <laughs> and the, he's like, Niles! And then he goes, uh, I do like the idea that he said this probably would have been where they went to commercial break, so he's probably, I imagine that in real time he's going to hold it. Yeah. How long is he going to keep me on hold for? And then... Hey, Ross, did in. you find any Can't kind have. of thing? <laughs> he just runs <laughs> right past him. Uh, oh, hello, Cornell. Yes, where's your crane here? Listen. Uh, how are you not booked on the 19th? Oh, Lord, yes, I understand, yes. Same to you. Well, damn. Don't you know? It's the only day he's, only day he's got free is the 11th. Damn those contradictions. Oh, you know who might be available? Tyler Wilkins. Mm. Oh, doesn't he work with Cornell? Oh, dear God, no. They're mortal enemies. They were carrying a seafood banquet when Cornell flew into rage because Tyler had ordered mahi-mahi instead of ahi. Of course, Tyler blamed it on Cornell's stutter, <laughs> and they haven't spoken since. <laughs> Tyler? Niles Crane. Yes, I was wondering if you were available on the 19th. Wonderful. Dinner for 10. That's great. I'll call you later, and we'll discuss the menu. Thanks. Bye-bye. Oh, that's been here. Yeah, wonderful. And he starts finding out. Now we've got you, me, the fabulous Ashby's. 
I just leave six chairs to fill. Well, we we have to invite Joan and Ted Birkin. That's a no-brainer. Technically, that's two no-brainers. Forget the Birkins. Wait a minute. You can't just steamroll over me. I want the Birkins. Well, I don't. Well, I do. All right, then. We have the right to blackball. We'll say three guests. And he goes, we'll each get an equal vote. And he gets a wee bucket and he, he gives them the three blackballs. That's fair enough. <laughs> and just get the ball rolling. Bye-bye, Birkins. <laughs> What about John and Carol Peterson? Everyone loves them. Not everyone, blackball. Why? No, no. They're kissing the blackball. <laughs> He's bowed to his will. Fine. Nina and Arch Duncan. The Duncan Duncans of yours, Jer- Wait a minute. You loathe the Duncans. <laughs> you just want me to waste a blackball. That's insane. I adore the Duncans. You're like, well, perhaps I've mischosen. Very well, now. Duncans are Nina and Arch. Oh, stop it. They're hideous. <laughs> And he throws his black ball in. <laughs> what about the Walberts? Oh, I like the Walberts. Finally, Gordons. Oh, Gordons, now we're rolling. How about the Defalcals? Black ball, he's a twit. How about the Witness? Yeah, ball. black ball, he's a old. <laughs> Cromwells? Black ball. Look, if you're gonna... <laughs> Wait a minute. All, all of a sudden, we're like, <laughs> that both of them, like, oh god, I just did a black ball He's like, Wait a minute, you're out of black balls. This is a dried up old fic. So Lucy Cromwell, I don't want her in my body. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love the petulance. So is Lucy Cromwell, I don't want her in my party. And then, of, well, of the annoyance in Nail's face when he confronts him, he picks out like, this is a dried up old fig. <laughs> <laughs> the Cromwells are in. The guest list is complete. Now let's start calling everyone. Alright, let's starting with our guest of honour, the Ashbees. Oh, Huss, where's your king calling? Listen, now now we're having a dinner party on the 19th, and I... Oh, leave Africa on the 19th. Oh, gee, what a shame. We're sort of building the evening around you. They got the 11th, three. No good. We got that concert. I didn't ask you to that. And then Nelsie's like, yeah, but come on, like... Eleven <laughs> uh, should be fine. Oh, no, we have a conflict. Oh, well, no, that's not a problem. They were a very nice call. We absolutely adore the Duncans. Alright, we'll see you there. Not the drunken Duncans. I'm sorry, they had plans with the Ashby's on the, 9th, on the 11th, so they're invited too. Well, I want my black ball back. No, once the black ball is dropped, it can never Oh, be... shut up. <laughs> well, at least go by the Ashby's. But you know what? That's additional plus. thing is now we're changing the 11th. It means Cornell can kid. Oh, quick, you call Cornell. I'll call Tyler and tell him we're cancelling. Surely, that, at this point, again, one of them should have went and said to the... Because they don't... Surely, how much they don't think about Martin, that one of them uh, should have went and said, and said, you don't need to cancel your poker game anymore. <laughs> Tyler, it's Niles Crane again. Yes, listen. Turns out we're not going to need you on the 19th. Like, I, I, the transcript's weird to be... Oh, uh, he's like... And Fraser's like, yes, Cornell, please. No, no, because I'm pretty sure in the episode, like, that's not on the transcript, is that he... He goes like, no, we're not going with someone else. Whatever we'll gives you that idea. Because uh, here it's after the Cornell, because they're like, whatever gave you that idea? We're not using Cornell. Yes, Cornell, please. And then as they're walking back, yeah. I mean, you'd think one of them would leave the room when they're on the phone, so we thought, but they would bump each other and drop their bloody phones, which but, are exactly the same. But, like, again, you know, you, you could say that about a lot of things, but again, if they did do the, the logical thing, they wouldn't be funny, but, like, I get what you mean, because it's quite a spacious apartment. One of them could have even went into the kitchen, for God's yeah. sake. But we, we fuck up and drop our phones, so we both have the same phone, basically. And then Fraser picks up the phone and he's like, It's mine. It's not my gloom. Although they both like, they both look at each other and get panicked, because of course the two of them, you know, trying to have things similar taste at this point, they would both have the same phone. And like, 
Cornell, tell her, yes. And then just the both like, whoo, the sheer panic and the, as they, as their, their girlish run back to each other, like, yes, they're up. Ah, they look over they've both been hung up on. And then Niles is like, well, thanks to your keen sense of smell, we've lost both, both killers. I suppose we can always get Kiki Price. She's still in business? Yes, they dropped the charges. <laughs> oh, well, I better phone the Duncans. Hopefully I can catch them before happy hour. Hello, Nina. Too late. Listen, Niles and I were having the Ashby's over for... Uh, if you'd be over for dinner, I'm hoping you can join us on the 11th. Don't cry, Nina. <laughs> Please. Please. Yes. Yes, we always love you too. What? Joaquin. Joaquin is coming from Argentina. You'd like for him to join us. Well, Joaquin. Joaquin, where is he? He's the kid up there. The Buenos Aires Philharmonic. Oh, right out there. Just down there. They must have run into him. <laughs> We'd love to have Joaquin join. We'd love to have Joaquin join us. Oh, that's splendid. All right. Right then. We'll see you on the 11th. The 11th. All right. Take two swizzle sticks <laughs> and stand them up side by side. 11. That's right. We've got Joaquin. Well, don't cry for me, Arch and Nina. All right. Let's see what we got the Duncans and Joaquin. That means we're going to have to cut two couples. Well... The Cromwells and the Gordons. Gordons, yes. That leaves us short by one person. We need a single female. And then the Ross comes in. can also point out, like, it's... I love how, again, funny it is that they assume, like, the only <sighs> out of all the Joaquins in Argentina, which I don't know how popular it may or may not be in that yeah. area, like, that's the one that they assume that it is, which makes the reveal a lot funnier. But, yeah. Yeah. Ross comes in, and he goes like, oh, Ross, perfect timing. What's up? We're having a dinner party with an interesting single woman. Do you know anybody? We're desperate. Yeah, she's like, she's like, excuse me? Well, naturally, we thought of you first, Rod, but this isn't really your kind of crowd. What, sophisticated culture? Is that why you don't think I'd fit in with your snooty elitist friends? I'm not genteel enough? No, Rod. No, Rod's my ass. I'm just as refined as you are. Shut up, Niles. Fuck, <laughs> 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 he even gets no, her no, no, shot no. it. And then Mark goes, well, I hope you're satisfied. Gotta bring a change. Gonna have it on the alone. And then Fraser's like, the 11th? Yes, it wasn't easy. Mel had to reschedule his polyp surgery. And then Niles is like, well, Dad, you're really going to laugh at this. Fraser and I have rescheduled our dinner party for the 11th. I'm not changing it back. Now, Dad, I would never consider asking you to do such a thing. I'll tell you what, there's no reason why we can't hold both parties simultaneously. The apartment's certainly big enough. I know what you're trying to do, and it won't work. What, Dad? I'm serious. No, no, we can share the buffet table, and we can even have the Harpers learn a couple of Bobby Darn songs for your crowd. I can stand it if you can. Of course, we will have to dim lights at one point. You see, Nina Duncan always insists on sharing her extensive collection of slides from the summer she danced Agamemnon with Jacob's <laughs> pillow. <laughs> I should get a his fucking printing. That's a more chance. Agamemnon. <laughs> Just the way he kills me, he makes everything better. All right, I'll change it. I'll, you call Kiki, I'll end the Walberts, and I'll talk to Roz. Oh, I And then he goes in, and we're like, can you just pick something? Oh, I, I mean, she's like, oh, just pick something. Pick what? This is, this is, one isn't dressy enough. This one doesn't fit. And, you, uh, and this one, well, it's hardly appropriate for a posh cocktail reception. Yeah. And then I think I think that's the like big blurry one she's talking mm. about. Like, right, excuse me, Ross. Like, I just came to apologize. Whatever. What happened? 
He said I wasn't classy enough to come to this fancy dinner party. Oh, right, you know I didn't mean that. And then Daphne's like, oh, get in line. I've lived there for six years, and the only time I'm asked at that table is when I'm holding a freaking serving spoon. It's just a silly dinner party. What's everyone getting so upset about? And, and Daphne's like, oh, let's just go. Yeah, oh, pick- I suppose this colour might look nice on me after all, if she picks up the glittery dress. Aye. And then going to be like, let me just for Kiki and the Walburns. Could you-, you two please leave so Daphne can change? Definitely, you're not actually going to wear that, are you? Let, then doesn't, that's it, I'm staying home. She just fall back, it reminds me of the, 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 the crunch. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's it, I'm not going. No, you can accessorize <laughs> With what? A lamppost and a public defender? <laughs> <laughs> Basically saying it's a hooker dress without having to see the word it, hooker. It does look cheap. It, it does. It really yeah. does. And, do you know, I'll say less now. Back of the hat and slap the list, but <sighs> you could expect Ross to have a dress like that. Yeah, I mean, and I, I, mean, it is her I dry hate cleaning. to say that because I really like Ross, <laughs> and I've always liked Ross so much more than I like fucking Daphne in the later seasons. But damn it, she has cheap clothing, mm-hmm. or visually cheap anyway. I mean, it's hard to drag for God's sake, and then we see what happens with that dress later on, but... There's a better way to put it. I hate being mean to Ross. Yeah, I, I understand. I get what you mean. I'm sure there's a better way to put it. I'm not the one to do that, but, you know. Yeah. And then they come back to hear people the other oh, Lord, that's the answer machine. And then it's Alison or Alison Warburn. Yes, you can count on the three eleven. We're looking forward to it. That's wonderful. I do so enjoy the Warburns, but then they, they still totally... Who's that? Oh, he's uh, got an invite to party at Dr. Crane's. Which Dr. Crane? Doesn't matter. You get the one, you get that other one. Personally, I think the whole arrangement's a little... Is that off the hook? Oh, my God. And then I just, I just thought... And then the black comes back up, and then... Uh, he was like, so what do you think she means by that? And Fraser's like, obviously. She thinks we're always together. That we're some sort of couple. <laughs> That's ridiculous. We spend lots of time apart, and he just starts picking fluff off the back of her. Mate, you duck. Look at her and Harry. They go everywhere together. They're married, Niles. Still, no reason for her to call us odd. Wait, she never calls us odd? Listen. And then he replays the thing. You get the one, you get the other one. Like, see? Said over nothing. See? Nothing? Is there a good way to end that sentence? Personally, I think the whole arrangement is a little, what, charming? Really, will you stop overreacting? Perhaps she has a point. Ever since your divorce, you have become more and more attached to me. Maybe that's why she said what she said. What? You get Fraser, you get that Niles. She didn't say that. She said you get the one, you get the other one. What makes you think that you're the one and I'm that other one? I am the one giving the party, and you are that other one. I am the one who invited her, so that makes you that other one. <laughs> I do like the idea of like them bringing up how much they spent together. I think it, it was brought up like, a few seasons earlier when Fraser tried to meet new friends, like the one that. So as I moved to Seattle, that I've fallen back on that. Ooh, falling back on Niles. <laughs> <laughs> That's absurd. Why don't we call Allison <coughs> and ask her what she thinks is so strange about us? We can get both get on extension. But yet, why don't we get on a bicycle, Biffle Two, and ride over there and ask her what she thinks is so strange about us? <laughs> And everyone goes and like, like, oh, oh, hello, Nina. He's like, he implies that she's drunk. Oh, right, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. No, you don't, oh dear. You. <coughs> Excuse me again, sorry. Gesundheit. 
Oh no, oh no, dear, you called me. Joaquin can only eat certain foods. Yes, we're happy to accommodate. See, he can only eat rice, beans, jerked beef. Any particular reason? See. <coughs> Sorry, good. Interesting. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Why is Joaquin on such a strict diet? Because the Joaquin they're bringing to dinner is. And he says this as he just collapses in his sofa. <laughs> their foster child from a tiny village on the Pampas. He speaks no English and gets nauseated when he eats American food. And there's just a pause and they'll look. Like, like, so he's not the conductor of Buenos Aires Philharmonic? Oh, you are so that other one! Where are we gonna find someone to babysit a nine year old child? That's what we're all as well. Can I do this, Rose? But, yeah. right. I had perfect time. Rose is walking out, she's very shouting there at Daphne, and she's like, Quit your blubbering and just pick something, damn it! Rose. <laughs> now what? You're right. We, you know, we will, you'll be a welcome addition to our party. Oh, you don't have to say that. No, honestly, not now. I want you to join us for dinner. You mean it? Yes, in fact, we're we have we're having someone who might be a very interesting dinner companion for he's you. He's not some stuffy old coot, is he? No, no, no. He's young, very, very young. Okay, thanks. <laughs> not exactly my wishes, but at least we got the ash base. Alison Walbert can say what she wants. Why should we care what well, what anybody else thinks? Am I right? Absolutely, Dad. Do you think we're odd? <laughs> Martin walks by, <laughs> and then he's very Martin is very tactical about it. He's like, no. You're not odd. You're just special. Your mother told me that when you were kids, and I still believe it. <laughs> and then they, they fall down again. Yeah, did you spend, think we spent too much time together? You're close. Lots of brothers are close. I suppose you're right. You know, you're the Grish, Grishwins, the Wright brothers. Yeah, we're getting all upset about over nothing. And then Martin's like, of course. Then we're the Collier brothers. Collier brothers? couple of nuttos that shared an apartment in New York their whole lives. They even built a maze out of newspapers in there that only Lane knew how to get through. They collapsed on one of them, and then the other one just sat there with the dead body until the neighbors complained about the smell. <laughs> Pretty crazy story. You're a, You're psych- a psycho, right, Niles? <laughs> Which is, that is, is, is a true story about those brothers. And that, then, that is. And, and he, he just says that he walks out of the kitchen, and you can imagine that Martin Elf mug shouting over his, his shoulder. You're a psycho, right, Niles? <laughs> then Fraser's like, you know, maybe it wouldn't be the worst idea if we went our own ways a bit more. Possible we could have grown a tad dependent on each other and start getting stuff picking stuff up. Perhaps this is just the warning we need. Today we're playing a dinner party. Tomorrow we're wearing matching pajamas and washing each other's hair. Let's face it, Niles, we are one stone throw away from becoming the neighborhood cooks. Right down to local children ringing our doorbell and running away. Well, I don't think there'd be much of for nails to wash if Fraser's there at this stage. Yeah. Now, Fraser, you're letting your imagination get the better of you. Now, come on, let's go make a seating chart. You always know how to cheer me up. And then Daphne walks down. Like, oh, Daphne, isn't that Roz's dress? Yes, it really was the only thing that looked good on me. Come on, Roz, we don't want to be late. And then it comes Roz and the glittery dress. It is Daphne. Doesn't she look beautiful? Oh, shut it, Daphne. You know, I know you think I look like a hooker. No, I said it made me look like a hooker. I knew, well, it just works. <laughs> like, that's even worse to say it like that. Well, I knew it. It, it just works. 
Indeed. It's like on you, we're like, this make you all go, go, well done. Can you really ask? <laughs> and then they go, they're like, oh lord, oh I'm sorry you can't make it. Wait, some other time. Please, Please not the Ashby's. Family emergency. Apparently storage and they didn't have time to think of a possible excuse. So where did that leave us? Let's see. We have a third-rate caterer with a record, a couple of lushes, a couple of things for both nutcases, an Argentine wild child, and Roth. As he throws the little thing, goes, dinner is served. And then Niles is like, I still have one black ball left. At uh, this point, I don't think it's going to make any difference. It will to me. I'm using it all myself. Black ball. No, no, no. You, you cannot sell black ball on this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I got <sighs> We are the calling our brothers. I don't just face the inevitable. Just cancel the whole damn thing. Of course, canceling the party 20 minutes later, people will think we're strange. Frankly, I'm sick and tired of giving a damn what other people think. You now, unless there's one ball throw away from not being here in the first place. You're right. So we spend a lot of time together. So what? I enjoy it. Yeah, so do I, Niles. You know what? We'll make this call tomorrow. I'll f- I'm famished. Why don't we go to the campaign for dinner and... Well, my treat. You're on. Unless you think it's too odd to have dinner. No, I don't think we're in any danger of that. Your relationship is truly odd, and I think you're intelligent enough to recognize the signs. Then the <laughs> doorbell goes, the answer, there's nobody there. Like, good night now, good night. <laughs> <laughs> and then the credits is just Fraser going into his kitchen, grabbing some old newspapers, and just leaving them outside his door. <laughs> Oh, what an episode! That is a really good episode. I really, I really like one part. Of it, like, I mean, obviously the whole interaction between like Niles and Fraser and Martin is the main part of the episode. Is really good, but the whole back and forth between Daphne and Roz is really good too. Mm. I just, I love that bit where Roz was like, "I'll oh, just quit your bub blubbering and pick something, <laughs> damn it!" You know, like, I said it made me look like a hooker on you. Well. It works. <laughs> <laughs> What's a really clever, clever wee quippy lines in this yeah. episode, you know? Look, I'm using it on myself. Black, Black ball. ball. This is a dried up old fig. So is Lucy Crowe, but they don't want her my party. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Fraser saying a lot more camp than he was. <laughs> but so is Lucy Crowe, I don't want her my party. <laughs> but well, I think it's time to get down to the veins, and personally. For me, double thumbs up. And for you as well. Indeed. No black balls here. No black balls, no. Yeah. Uh, this is a very good episode, a lot of fun, and it always, it always makes me chuckle, that one. It does, yeah. I'll, so, and not when done well, when it's written well, these kind of episodes where it's all self-contained in one location mm-hmm. can be could produce absolute gold, and they do it mm-hmm. in my coffin nails, and they do it here. It shows just how well it will write... Uh, the right writing team uh-huh. just how well a, like a confined episode uh-huh. can be because there is examples I don't I, I I would struggle to find any off the top of my head but I know I've seen examples of episodes where they're in a, like a single place setting mm-hmm. and they're relatively poor yeah like there's and the poorest ones are the ones where like the overall episode or whatever it is is generally good but there's one little niggly thing that you can't like go oh, but this particular episode and like you say my coffee with Niles the Fraser episodes that are singular and confined mm-hmm. usually they're gold 
Yeah. You know, usually they're gold. Yeah, and like, <laughs> it's something that they brought up once or twice in the early season, but then brought it up in a while. Like, there's always different aspects of Fraser and Mel's relationship that they keep tackling across the season. Like, we'll get to all about competitiveness once again in episode 19 and a little bit. But this was the idea of like how much time them spend each other time together. Like, they're also friends as well as brothers. Like, yeah. how much time together is too much time, you know? And really, at the end of the day, as much as what anyone else thinks, really, it's up to them. Uh, whether or not they spend too much time together or yeah, not. Yeah, but the fact is, we seem like it shows you just how um, how codependent both of them seem to be as yeah. well. Like Fraser's always striving to go out and find friends and mm-hmm. find relationships and blah blah blah. Niles, in a sense, even though it was an unhappy pair, and he had his mm-hmm. he had his person. He yeah. had Maris. She was his. Mm-hmm. His safety net, as it were, you know? Yeah, Niles out of the two seems to be the one who, who like, likes being in his more, in his comfortable state. As we see about him wanting to go back to Montana in this episode, we're about to talk about. Yeah. He's more about what's comfortable, which I think is what attracted him. I don't think people talk about it enough, but partly, partly what attracted him when he meets Daphne, because Daphne's out there and a bit odd, so she's basically completely different from everything he's known, because Niles is very. I think sheltered is a as a polite as a, way of saying it. Yeah, he's a he's a very sheltered individual. But if you also think about it, Daphne pre seventh mm-hmm. season, right? Uh-huh. Daphne and me is like she has the cookiness of Maris, <laughs> but none of the unpleasantness, mm-hmm. which is why I think Niles feels a deep attraction to her. Yes, like because I think he appreciates the cookiness of his wife. Mm-hmm. But Daphne is that, but with a lot of warmth as well. Yes, because for the first six seasons, she does have a lot of warmth, yeah, and she's a very, she's a very like. I, I I think she's a great comfort to him. Yeah, out with his relationship, blah blah blah, and you talk about the two brothers being mm-hmm. like there's a lot of comfort, and but even though the two of them are loath to admit it, yeah. There's a lot of comfort for both of them, and I'm going to spend time with my brother. Like you know, you know, and <laughs> funny thing about that, and Maris is the longer the season goes on, the more details we know about her. You ever wonder, like, what was the physical attraction to to Maris? Yeah. It's like this, as she's described in the German episode, this non-human female, or whatever they call her, not quite human, human woman. woman. <laughs> oh my god, you, you know who the liver dumpling is, don't you? Anyway. I'm just going to go and grab my ashtray for two seconds. Okay. So, oh my goodness. Where is your ashtray? My ashtray is upon my bed. Okay, I'll give you uh, that. Uh, talk to our people, I will be two seconds. I was just saying that I can't be our stop starting again. Yeah, talk shit. to our people. Paul is, is buggered off to go get his, his ashtray. We'll talk about episode 18 a second, Taps at the Montana. And since Paul has buggered off and he felt the need to do it in the last episode, I'll just read you out. I'll just remind you folks that Taps of Montana was written by David Lloyd and once again, much like the last episode, directed by David Lee. David Lloyd also was involved heavily in the writing process of Fraser. Uh, this originally aired on NBC the 25th of March 1999 and would air. I don't really see where it aired in the UK for some reason. Anyway. Just says it was on NBC on the twenty fifth of March, so for some reason the information on the UK was not made available. 
Well, they're not telling us about the UK. No, they don't tell us. They don't know why. Bastards. I know. I won't have it. I won't have it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so Fraser and Nails come into the bar and they just both be a dinner and Martin. We know that because Martin says, hey boys, how was dinner? <laughs> and Nails like, let's just say when I picked my lobster out of the tank, I had no idea he was in for a better evening than I was. And Martin was not happening and Fraser said, well, it started off well enough. First, they see us as a perfect table, much better than the one next to us. Unfortunately, with Daphne and Donnie. Ah, oh, jeez. Being very affectionate, of course. Was being each other laughing, holding hands. This in a place where people were trying to eat. <laughs> well, in an attempt to make things better, I suggested Niles and I switch seats so he could face the other table. Of course, only moments later, we see Maris there with her new boyfriend, also being affectionate. Grooming each other like spider monkeys. She was deliberately taunting me, playing the same coquettish games we used to play in restaurants, batting her eyes and coyly hiding behind her breadstick. <laughs> and at the top of it all, the pooly fussy we ordered was a grave disappointment. Oh, then I urged him to send it back, but no, he didn't want to create a scene in front of Daphne. Not that she would have even noticed the way Donnie was feeding her forkfuls of risotto, as if she had lost her arms instead of her mind. What is she doing with him? <laughs> I think he just buries his head in like a pillow at that point as well. <laughs> I feel love that, again, how thin air is. Oh, hiding behind her breadstick. <laughs> well, some days it just doesn't pay to get out of bed. Well, the Shangri-La, the highlight of my day is getting out of bed so I can slam it back up into a wall. How long are you going to stay there? Can't you afford back to move to Montana now? Yes, but thanks to Fraser, there's a tenant living there. May I remind you, you begged me to find a sublet. So I'm so in the store indignified not to offend your starchy neighbours. Fraser, I'm not trying to blame you. It's just my whole life, my whole world has crashed down around me and I want to go home. Well, I'm sorry, Niles. He's still got two months left on his sublet. And then Martin's like, can you give him a call? We don't know a little bit. Man, Dad, the man has at least. I can't very well ask him to move out. And then that, that take him in and they're like, oh, how was there? And so, oh, wonderful. She was... You come over and join us. And then Nails like, oh well, it looks like you had enough to contend with. What with your table's fork shortage? <laughs> oh, Donnie takes such good care of you know. Uh, well, no, after who's? No, no, I made a, I made a little tiny complaint about the blue fusée, and he sent it back. Snitty way to argue, of course, but Donnie made it a scene. And the owner, with the owner, the next thing you know, our entire meal was on the house. I've never been prouder of him. And Nails is like. Uh. Don't want Fraser. I want to go home. <laughs> but also, again, he, he, he decided not to make a scene, but then Donnie made a scene. She liked it. it reminds me of like, uh, reminds me of like when she does the thing with uh, with Rodney. No, something told me that night. Daphne, Dan, you went for a completely different kind of man. You're a dead man. And you know something? I am not going to go to my usual form mm-hmm. and make a big long spiel about the negator negatories of Daphne's attitudes. Mm-hmm. I will say, though, mm-hmm. this is one of the reasons why I think she was very mean to Donnie. Mm. I do think she was yes, very she awful to him. She is talking about him in the highest of regards here. Yeah. She she lifts the poor man up and then bitch slaps him down. Yeah, we go back to the outside Miles' door, the Montana, and then when the, uh, the guest said, Oh, Dr. Crane, you're back. Yes. Yes, Mrs. Latimer. Personally, my sublet was able to move out early. I trust your tour was a success. A triumph. Oh, good. Take care. Tour? I could hardly let these people know I was living. I told them I was on a lecture tour of Africa, so they wouldn't try to contact me. Ah, 
Like, I'm not asking me either. They go in and they go, yeah. no, no, maybe it isn't here. We just let ourselves in. And they, they go in the door and then I was like, oh, I'm home. <laughs> I can already feel the last four months dropping away. And Fraser's like, yes, so in Africa it was just a memory. <laughs> I just want to close my eyes and savor the serenity. And also those very low tapping. He's like, what the hell is that? And then in comes a man who's, who's just tapped down to his headphones on, sleeping in the like, banister. It's Dr. McClory. And then he's like, Dr. McClory, what are you doing? Oh, oh, that was a bowl leading into a rooftop. Now you got to lick it and stick it. When did you take up tap dancing? Oh, years ago. I figured if I didn't dance, I'd go crazy. And <laughs> and Niles was like, I don't think he, I'm not sure if he got it in time. Okay, everyone does that. I'm like, oh, the death. Baseball, baseball. Dr. McClory, please, the neighbours. So oh, tell me about it. We're a bunch of sourpuss. All I do is complain. Sunshine rain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Niles is like, oh, well. Look who it is. Well, I mean, and she's like, so yeah, like, the big thing was, oh, we need someone to sublane a fella. And it turns out the guy just basically made his relationship with the building worse. Yeah, he's like, he's like I don't know if he was relatively quiet when Fraser found him. Yeah. But it, like you say, he's a he's a tap dancing Looney Tune. Well, even if he wasn't, why well, yeah, he basically didn't let on to the East tap dancing habits. Yeah. Although I must say, he's a very funky tap dancer. <laughs> 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 and Niles was like, "Oh well, look who it is! It's the tennis board. Come to welcome me home, Carol and Alfred Larkin. You remember my brother Fraser? Oh, and Mister Prost. See here, Craig. <laughs> We're about the noise in the building. We are poor oh. noise in the building. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And he looked at him like. What do you call that? I believe that, in Fraser, I believe that was lick it and stick it. And then she's like, this has been going on for months. We would have contacted you if we'd have known how. Well, I'm sorry about that, McClara. Dr. Craig, I'm afraid the board leaning towards reducing, receding your lease. What? Why? And then Prochus was like, because you're a menace, Craig. I always have been. I have some of reputation in the building. All the raucous parties you've hosted. I'm not a well man. I have serious heart problem. I demand quiet. Yeah. And he's like, well, Mr. Prost, I assure you. Well, having a board meeting tomorrow evening, we intend to discuss your situation. If I were you, I wouldn't plan on unpacking. <laughs> and then Carol's like, nice seeing you again. <laughs> and then also he cuts to them, like, again, like I said, I usually would cut to them having a party after they say to have one. That was the situation here. Yeah, because obviously Daph, uh, Ray Niles is trying to like host a party and yeah, make them, people feel good about him being there again. And leading lead them more towards, you know, letting them stay and everything. Uh, oh, good of you to go all this trouble for your brother. Oh, oh, well, in a way, I felt responsible. Really, I don't know why. All you did was sub out my power to Bob Jangles the Loon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, like, oh well I don't know why seeing you supplant my apartment to Bojangles alone <laughs> and they don't get the door and uh, you were left okay how are these people will throw me right ready to throw me right on my home which, which they won't do if you show them a good time at this little reception a couple of drinks some food some witty conversation they'll realise what an asset you are to this building and then everything's in Rose and, and Martin and everything and goes Hey guys, uh, we're partying now, and like it's quite quiet. And I was in, like, surprised to get your last minute invitation. You're not trying to set me up with anybody, are you? Nails, it would be ridiculous. Good. You're here because the caterer cancelled. Now listen, I need you to open the wine, cut up some limes, and hang up this coat. 
<laughs> Although, like, what the roles that they have for Martin and, uh, and Rod, you'd think it'd be the other way around, but mm. no. They're <laughs> like, here's the thing, I'm going to give a heart, a heart up for a night, I'm going to spend my pushing drinks in God's waiting room. <laughs> Ross, please. All right, but you're paying for my babysitter. All right, done. And Martin, what am I, the dishwasher? And then Freddy's like, no, Dad, you're invited by Coswell. It just wouldn't be a party without you. Although there may be a few women here who are unattached. You might just take a shine to an old debonair dog like yourself. I'm just a piece of meat to you guys, aren't I? Then <laughs> <laughs> da- Daphne comes wandering back in and her ear falls mm-hmm. off and then her front. She's like, oh, there goes that damn loose earring again. Thank goodness it didn't fall in the punch bowl. Don't want someone choking on it, do we? Yes, I think it says party like a tricky act to me. <laughs> and then uh, Carol, she's like, you must tell us all about your African tour, Dr. Crane. And then I get Alfred go, yeah, so the local people actually enjoy your lectures? And they'll say, well, yes, quite a bit. Except, of course, for the pygmies. Most of it went right over their heads. And they nobody goes, I'll get it. Oh, it's the rest of the board, please. And then Latimer's like, Dr. Crane, whilst you were on the subcontinent, did you happen to spot any rare African waterfowl? Just one, but it was already spotted. <laughs> and then... When, <laughs> again, he's like, I'll get it. <laughs> even done the family, he goes to the kitchen. For God's sake, now, as you do something about that damn bird. Onto your perch. <laughs> Here you go, over there. Dial <laughs> sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I love the bird. <laughs> like, well, see the bird. We're not going to see her much after this. I know, but Niall sucks. The boys at Shangri-La used to love teaching you things like that. So tiring. Like me, Niall. Right back at you. Fraser. please hurry with the hors d'oeuvres. I guess you're already hostile towards me. I'm not going to win them any points by starving them. Stuff it, Niles. Oh, don't tempt me. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, Mrs. Laffer comes up to you. Sorry. <laughs> don't tempt me. Oh, don't tempt me. Uh, anyway, yeah. Oh, it's that distinguished looking man over there. Oh, I'm trying to catch his eye. Martin's cat cover his face with a bill. He's far too engorged in that gardening book. Niles, well, actually, that's my father, Martin. Dad? Don't mind him. He's painfully shy. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I know just how he feels. I'm a bit of a shrinking violet myself. Martin! Martin. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think... I personally think through this episode he's overly mean to this woman because I'm I'm sure in her youth she was a very handsome woman. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I'm a bit of a shrinking violet myself. Martin! (laughs) Yoo-hoo! <laughs> 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 I'm just gonna... Anyway, then, bro. You know that obnoxious old lecher? Uh, uh, I have to be more, more specific. I want the blue jacket. I'm this close to slapping him. Oh, my, that's Mr. Hawkins, you know? He's the vice president of the tennis board. Well, I don't care who he is. He just pinched me. Oh, please. Man's 80 and arthritic. How hard can he pinch? And then she pinches she me. Pinches him fucking hard. He's like, ow! Nails is like... It's not working. People aren't talking. We're not mixing. mixing. No, stop it. Stop it. Worry is just starting. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah, he, does they, his, he does his usual like me. Like, nails like so like, People are not talking. People are not mixing. Uh, and then she goes to punch him again. He's like, don't you touch me. <laughs> and then he goes back into the kitchen. He goes, Daphne, how are those? And then baby's saying, like, baby? Oh, dear oh, God. Dear God. This bird is dead. 
How did it happen? She must have eaten some of the others. I mean, the ones I've just served, not as guests. And then I was going to, and you're very welcome. Richard, I'm so sorry. Completely overreacted. People are really perked up in there once they saw the appetizer of yours. You know, I find that this cream party rest, party curse has been laid to rest. Well, I do love how they panic and think the hors d'oeuvres are what killed them. Like, just because it may, um, food may have killed the bird doesn't mean it's going to harm the guests. Because, you know, there's lots of foods that certain animals can't eat, but it's not harmful to humans. Yeah, like a like a deviled egg may kill a bird, mm. just like a just like a piece of chocolate will kill a doggy, mm-hmm. or very make a doggy very ill. Yes, and let and let this and let this unless it's doggy chocolate. Yes, yeah. Remember, if we did your all all like down a bit longer, what you the questions you'd ask God a fair amount. Like, yeah, first question: Why did you make chocolate kill dogs? <laughs> anyway, I've often uh, wonder, I've often wondered that myself. Yeah, uh, Niles just looks right at uh, Martin and uh, Fraser and Daphne. Well, some teas are happening. I'll let Daphne tell you. <laughs> uh, what is it? I don't mean to alarm you, but there's something wrong with the hors d'oeuvres. What? How do you know? A little bit. She takes a cover and maybe something else. And then he freaks out and Wales does out of Fraser running and taking all the fucking food off people. He's like, sorry, I forgot the garnish. Just dreadfully embarrassed about this. Give me that. Thank you very much. It's just the chef's prerogative. And he's like, Ross is about to eat one. He grabs it out of one. He's like, Ross, for God's sake. And like, you see what happened? I think, no. Right. I did hear her last words, but I don't think they'd be much comfort <laughs> to you. That's, I'm sorry. I got the mayonnaise must have been gone bad or the cranberries. Okay. What did she, which one did she eat? I don't know, Daphne. Smell her beak. Oh, you know you gave the gravitas. She's like, I don't know. Daphne, smell her beak. <laughs> oh, right now, sorry. Yes, I just need a moment. Oh, Dr. Curry, that's all you have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid I spilled punch on my dress. I need a towel. She always uses a towel at the time. She's like, no, use this. She grabs her because they're very bad. I must, I must cut off a little minute and just say quickly. Out of all guests at that party, <laughs> I find Carol incredibly rude. Yeah? I really, just wandering in, like, oh, I spilt shit on myself, I need this. Hmm. You don't ask or anything, no, no. Like, Have some etiquette, yalky old lush. <laughs> Carol's a lush. <laughs> anyway, he gets, she gives him a bad bed. Jesus, it's a lot more absorbent. It's like nature's sponge. Oh, it's working. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, oh, what do you do? Now if you give her baby, I'll get rid of the tainted food. We still have room, room for hungry guests and nothing to serve them. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they, like, they already threw, threw most of them but away. But we still have a room full of hungry guests with nothing to serve them. Right, they threw away most of the, the stuff, but then they realized, oh, it was one of my earrings, she must have choked and I must have fallen into an And he's like, oh, that means we don't have to destroy the hoarders. Freezer, freezer, stop. Early left. Yes, we're in luck. This intrepid little crap buff has survived. Now all I need is a very sharp knife and 16 toothpicks. Uh, Niles, you're really tired of the opio. Some lady handed <laughs> me a piece of wet bread. Oh, this party is doomed. And that's unfair. We got everything we need to make more orders. All we need is time. You got there in stock. Mrs. Lenimer, can I get you some punch? Yes, your father when he gets some, but it was quite a while ago. Allow me. By the way, there's an adorable bird of yours. Um, she's resting. Travel really takes her out of her. She didn't take her all the way to Africa, surely. Well, she has family there. <laughs> <laughs> Is it pro- oh, are you having a good time? 
Look here, Crane, if you're not gonna feed us, we might as well take the vote right now. No, 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 please. I mean, you're bringing us hors d'oeuvres, you take hors d'oeuvres away, what kind of game is this you're playing with us? Oh, no. Oh, oh. what a good idea. <laughs> no, play a game. Any suggestions? What about murder? We played it at I.E. Warner's party, it was a hoot. Look, and one of them suggests it, and they all seem up for it. And then I love how quickly they act like it's an annoyance, so they don't want to play it anymore. Mm. And then she's like, some woman's like, how do we play? And now they're like, oh, it's great. Someone tears off a slip paper, and they write down murder. And then we pass their, uh, everyone hides, and we turn the lights, and the murder kills someone. They lay on the, they lay on the floor, and we turn the lights, and Tito tries to solve the crime. And then Frazier's like, tell you what, I'll volunteer to play with the detective for the first round. Let the mayhem begin. I like the idea because Frazier knows he can control the pace of it, but also mm. we know how much he loves to be a detective from the Nightmare Inn. Could I, could I do so the next bit? Mrs. Latimer, who's been hunting Mel- Martin all night, she's like, Oh, Martin, there you are. Come hide with me. I know a little nook where no one will find us. <laughs> this game's got a lot scarier than I thought. And they turn out the lights and then Roger Dermot said, Probably, I can't sleep. Yeah, oh, I can help you, sir. Oh, my glasses. Can you tell me what this thing says? It says murder. Good. You're dead. <laughs> this party just gets better and better. Then Rachel's like a joy road. I'm going as fast as I can. The rest of should be ready in about five minutes. All right. Five minutes it is. Ready or not, here I come. And then he goes out, but Mr. Proust is now lying on top of Rose. Like, and Freddy's like, My goodness, the foul fiend is struck already. Turn the lights on. Good heavens, he struck twice. Frazier. Ah, uh, once dead, you cannot move or speak. Take your cue from Mr. Prost. <laughs> All right, everyone. Did any of you see anything suspicious? Any odd behavior? Why don't you just tell... Why don't you just guess if we can get this over with? Not yet. This is very intriguing. I think I'm going to have to think about it for... five minutes or so. Maybe this game was a bad idea. No, the fun just started. I tell you what, let's turn off lights again. And we'll let our craven villain ply his dark trade once more. Are you quite sure the two didn't just die of starvation? Very funny. Would you just turn the lights up, please? And they'll go in like, Frazier, I have a question. No, Roz. No talking. Uh, Just tell me, can the murderer commit suicide? Well, no, Roz. That wouldn't make much sense, would it? Well, that's what I thought. Mr. Prost is the one who murdered me. Uh, Was he? Well, then, Mr. Prost. Don't think someone's playing by the rules, is he? You see, in this way, no one else can be murdered, can they? Mr. Proust? Even though... What, what are you doing? Nothing, Roz, nothing. Are you Are you taking his pulse? I'm trying to. I just can't find one. <laughs> oh my god, when he fell down, I thought it was a part of the game. It even look real. And then Niles runs back in and he's like, Okay, it's time to wind the game up. The appetizers are ready, and may I say they are delicious. I think this party is finally back on track. Now, I'm afraid Mr. Prost is passed up. What? Well, you see, I think it was his heart condition finally caught up with him. Dead? No, 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 he's sleeping. Old people love to nap. <laughs> Mr. Prost, time to wake up, Mr. Prost. Now, now he's gone. Oh my god, how did this happen? Shouldn't we notify someone? No, he was a widower. He had no children. He lived alone in this building for 25 years. This is so awful. Mr. Prost is right. I am a menace. No, no, I'll tell you what. No need for that. I think we can still get out of this. Uh, I think we... Uh, how? We'll we find that. Tell him to call one of his friends in the police department. One of his good friends, alright? I'll handle the rest. Alright. All right. Uh, what's... Ren Rose is like, what's the rest? 
I use the game to distract everyone. I'll take everyone in the kitchen for a question and just drawing attention away from the bodies. What do you mean, bodies? Us? No. Get down. No, please, no. Alright, hold this. I'll pay air for an vacation you ask for next month. No way, let's just do creepy. First class? Business. Done. Alright, get down. Crazy friend. Found dad hiding in the business room where he called his friend. Great. Great, Niles. Start getting everyone in the kitchen. And, uh, wait, 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 well, they wonder why it has been in that murder. Right. Good point. And, Ross well, is from under my spurlet. Can we build this along? Quiet. Mark it in. Alright, the wagon's on its way. Alright, thank you, Dad. I really appreciate this. Yeah, alright, do one more favor. You're now the killer. Is he gonna go in the kitchen and murder someone perfectly? Oh, come on. You're not gonna make me make someone lie down this dirty floor again, are you? And then Eric comes and says, and she's like, oh, there you are, Martin. Have you been hiding from me? Yeah, yeah. Hiding? From you? No. You're just the person I've been looking for. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very, does a very good sinister face, does John Mahoney. Like, mm. No, you're just who I've been looking for. And Freddy's like, all right. Turn the lights on. Hurry, his fingers are getting stiff. <laughs> no, no, you, you where is it? Like, oh, yeah, he's like, Ross, you okay? Yeah, it's a carnival down here. There's Ned Freeze like, everyone, there's been another murder in the kitchen. I'm ready to solve the crime if you're all join me in the kitchen. Why can't you just solve it here? Well, I could, you see, but that wouldn't be proper, you see. The hors d'oeuvres are in there. Come <laughs> along, people. We've got food. Don't touch the crime scene, please. Look how instantly they all go with them. Uh, then Lynn Rose is like, hurry, his fingers are getting stiff. <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes later goes, before I determine the identity of the killer there are a few questions I'd like to ask each of you then the door goes and that cat old chick's like I'll get it no no one leaves until I start the crime except you dad and then Fraser's like alright then I think I shall begin by drawing a diagram of where each of you were standing when the first murder occurred and like oh jeez <laughs> then what so we established Miss Finn Okay, Mr. Larkin, and the officer's hall at 8.14. He muttered... something. And then, that cow chick's like, why do you keep looking out there? I'll ask the questions around here, Mr. Larkin. Yeah, and then Alfred's like, we already told you, your father killed Mrs. Latimer. Mrs. Hawkins saw him. Uh, Mrs. Larkins thought she saw him then, but then Latimer's like, no, Martin did kill me. He's got a lot to learn about playing gently. <laughs> Miss Lyra, we've already broken the no eating well dead rule. <laughs> I stand fast on the quiet one. If that's a crap of an arm. And then that Karochek is like, I'm bored, I'm going home. No, oh, well, you can't blame us on Niles because then they go back and thank the boy for taking away. My father is the killer, yes. Please go. Should we play another round? They're like, yeah, oh like, god. Uh, no. And then Alfred's like, where's Prost? Oh, he, he just left. He said he wasn't feeling well. Yes, I hope he's alright, poor man. Uh, who cares? I never liked that old kid anyway. Then they was like, you didn't? No, I was planning on voting for you, and I just to annoy him. Me too. Why don't we just start voting right now? Zero done. You're in, Crane. I'll come back. Carol, let's get out of here. And then they go, you know, say the goodbyes to everybody, and then they go, to, doesn't they have anything stiffer than punch to drink? I don't like looking at dead bodies, much less touching them. There's a bottle of vodka in the freezer, and he goes out, and baby's been stuffed into the door in the fridge. Right. 
And Nails is just saying bye. Big one is like, thank you so much for the second chance. I can assure you from now on, this will be the quietest apartment in Montana. And then you hear Ross going, oh my god. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> and then you see Nails enjoying his apartment during the credits, and he takes an evidence. Sort of tap dancing. Yeah, yeah, he's sitting on his fainting guns and chilling out, and then he's like, it's like, I fuck, I'm going to get a shot. <laughs> then he does look Mr. McClory. McClory does and does a mad flip off his chair. I not a mad flip, but. <laughs> I believe that was licked and sticked. Yes. Sunshine, he, right? He licks it and sticks it. <laughs> Ew. Get your bastard. Here we. Fucking sick, mate. He could have been talking about stamp. <laughs> anyway, yeah, well, that was a again not a double thumbs up episode, but that was still still you know the hijinks you know uh, that you expect. I give this one a double thumbs up. I find this one very fun. I'll give it just a singular thumbs up. You know, you know what gives it the double for me? <laughs> Two of them in it, Niles and Ross. Mm. Because the bit that the first thing I see the bit that had be honestly there must have been a few episodes of Frasier where you're actually laughing so much it hurts. Uh-huh. The bit, no, no, he's just sleeping, Mister Prost, <laughs> Mister Prost, wake up! Oh my God! And the hurry, his fingers are getting stiff. <laughs> the way you were saying it makes me think of the ironic because a bird died in it. The again, my bison. Hello, buddy. Wake up now. Wake up, buddy. I've got a nice fresh bit of cuttlefish for you. You wake up, Mr. Polly Parrot. There he moved. No, he didn't. That was you pushing the cage. I didn't. Okay, my lad. That parrot wouldn't vroom. You stuck <laughs> 3,000 volts of it. It has passed on. It has gone off and joined the choir invisible. It is a dead parrot. <laughs> anyway. I didn't want to be I didn't want to work in pet shop I want to be a lumberjack I'm sorry this is irrelevant isn't it what about my bloody parrot <laughs> anyway <coughs> on to episode 19 and since we don't have Alaska episodes I might as well say that this episode was written by Rob Hannon and Hanning and Jay Rogan and no this episode was written by Rob Hannon and Jay Coogan and directed by David Lee once again. And aired 8th of April, originally, 1999. Mm. Anyway, once again, it's in the apartment, as the last couple of episodes I've done. Mm. Uh, everyone's you know, dressed up in their evening wear and everything. Mm. Ah, evening naps. And he's like, Frasier, everybody ready? Just about. Ooh, new cufflinks. Those are very smart. Oh, yes, thank you. You've seen these before, haven't you? I was wearing this tux. Of course you do. Well, still, nothing catches the eye like a sharp pair of cufflinks. And he's just like a bit of these out of my way, like, we'll get my cufflinks there. Yes, those are very nice, too. Oh, these. Gold? Yes, well, I knew you'd be wearing silver. I didn't want us to look alike, you know. <laughs> and then Ross comes in, like, sorry, I'm like... And then, so, and then recently, that's all right. And she's just bringing in our, our, our child and everything like that. Anyway, thank, definitely, thank you so much for watching Alice now. Oh, she's way overdue for a nap. Maybe you can get her to sleep. Oh, great. Well, sit down in my room, you know. We don't want to be late for the silent auction. Yeah, I can't believe you donated another day behind the scenes of the Fraser Crane show this year. Well, why not, Roz? It's good. It's for a good cause. The Kellyanne Grunter Foundation does excellent work. Yeah, but you weren't treading the boo with a mouth breather three hours last year. 
Oh, he wasn't that bad. Some kind of engineer, wasn't he? So he wasn't a dental hygienist, that's for sure. <laughs> and Martin was like, Alright, Daphne, give me these cufflinks. Alright. And there's a feeling like, What is this, Daphne? I'm chatting online with Donny. <laughs> What's he saying? And Niles reads, and he's like, I can't wait to come home and see my little English quampet. <laughs> I don't want to think of abandoning him. Would you mind taking over? Alright, tell him that I miss him too. Alright. Right. Count- and then she's like, I'm counting the days until he comes home and there's no one I love more than my fuzzy wuzzy. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm sorry, I seem to have lost him. <laughs> and she's like, maybe I can get him back. The very late 90s computer or laptop that he's got there. Yep. Mm. There she has been sweet to him again, only to destroy his little soul. Oh, this is about nails being a day. Like, they, were be- they were having a nice back and forth and he's like, nope. No, you're not allowed to have it. No. No. But there we are. He's like, well, there we are. Alice all scored away, she went right to sleep. She's like, have a good time. Don't spend too much. Like, don't worry about it. like, don't worry about that. I've got a whole system worked out. I can get everything I want for a minimum bit. And he's like, Dad, I hardly, it's hardly in the spirit of the evening. We're raising money for the Kellyanne Grunter Fund. Oh, baloney. You just wanted to go there so you can have now for all your snotty friends. Oh, that is not true. Really? So ask me one question. Just who is Kellyanne Grunther? And then Fraser's like, Kellyanne Grunther is the person responsible for the Kellyanne Grunther Foundation. Well, what does that mean? Well, I guess she's just a very worthy person to put up a lot of money. Right? Rosalie, Rose, I thought she had some kind of disease. Oh, I thought she was a scientist doing research. In other words, this 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 could have been the Eddie Edison, Eddie Eddyman Foundation, and so long as they had fancy food on silver spoons. <laughs> and they were there at the, the auction, and she's like, Is there anything exciting to bid on? They're like, well, no. It's mostly the same as last year. A Day of Beauty with internationally known stylist Raphael. Yes, I see Missy Cromwell. Put that down. Well, can you blame her? Her last day of beauty was during the Johnson administration. Because <laughs> <laughs> as we said with two episodes ago, she's a dried up old fake. <laughs> <laughs> and then Fraser's like, you know, this is rather interesting. The Laureate Luncheon. Great bread with three Nobel Prize winners. Dr. Alan Zephron, Jane Randall and Terence Quinn. Oh my, quite an opportunity to meet three greatest thinkers of our time. I'm amazed they even got them all in the same room. Zephyr's a legendary recluse. Yes, well, he'll be at Fiddlesticks tomorrow at <laughs> noon. Good luck to you, Niles. You know, they say Quinn is quite witty. In nuclear physics circles, he's referred to as the half life for the party. party. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mario's like, oh, what is this table? Ooh, the Windsor Monarch 2000. Yeah. Isn't this the one they had to recall because the probe attack kept exploding? It did? It did. Oh, well, I feel sorry for this guy, Marvin Crane. Very good, and Sarah Abrams says, kiss the shift goodbye. <laughs> and <laughs> a woman is hanging around Rose's lot, and yeah. behind the scenes of Dr. Fraser Green, so... And Her name's uh, Jodie, I think we Yeah, see and she's like, are you bidding on this too? And Rose is like, no, no, I'm Ross Dial, Fraser Green's producer. If you win this, you must spend the afternoon with me. Oh, well, I, I have a do. I'm a big fan of the show. Oh? And then Noel comes in, hello there. And then she's like, hi, Noel, what are you doing here? Oh, I came a bit of my favorite auction item. I should warn you that Lady Luck is on my side tonight. So that's the guy who was tucked with the perfectly good comb in the bucket. <laughs> May I? 
Oh, well, there's no pen. I'm sorry, Noel. No problemo. I always wear one around my neck. And he's like, <laughs> and then Niles is there and he's like, Oh, damn. What is it? Looks like I have some competition for this luncheon. And Alistair Mowbray doubled my bid to $500. I've heard I've heard that name before. Yeah, it sounds familiar to me, too. Isn't he that young, ruthless software tycoon? Great. I was no use competing in those deep pockets, but, yeah. And now, uh, I think this vase deserves a second look. Wait a minute. Mowbray, wasn't that the gnome de plume you used in prep school for your society column? What a remarkable coincidence. Oh, bah. You're secretly trying to outbid me. Oh, all right. I thought if you were bidding against a stranger, you'd only go so high, but if it was against me, your child's competitiveness would kick him. That is nonsense. Give me the pen. I'm not... Oh, I'm saving you from yourself. Give me that, Fraser. In the name of Kellyanne Grunther and everything she stands for... She can't stand. How do you know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then Rose turned to Georgie again. I can't believe I'm bidding this much. Oh, don't worry, we're going to have so much fun, Georgie. And then Noel Mute comes in like... It's going to be great being in a boot together, Rose. You know, no need for extra headphones. I'll just share yours. <laughs> <laughs> and then the auctioneer is like... We're coming, we're coming to, to the final minute of tonight's auction. No bid will be accepted after the whistle blows. <laughs> then she goes back up like, Listen, Jody, can I talk to you? And then she's like, I'd love to bid more, but I'm really at my limit. No, I really want you to win. No, I think we really hit it off. And then she's like, Oh, you too, huh? <laughs> Thought I sensed a little spark between us. A spark? Maybe after the show we could get a drink or have some dinner. Uh, and then all the, uh, she thinks about that and then looks behind her to see... No sign of thinking of the alternative, she just turns around and smiles. You like Italian? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favourite roles. So it's there, just the idea of like, oh, well, I'm not really into women, but like, it's better than, you know, being with, spending an afternoon with Knowles in the yeah. booth. Be with a mildly pretty woman mm. or be with mm. a guy brushing his hair with a comb he found in a rented tux. I used to be stuck in a booth for three hours with creepy Noel, who again has to, has to keep away by law from certain start, science fiction starts. <laughs> and all the smiles she was like which he realizes like yeah what? wasn't even a real phaser <laughs> like all the smile on her face were like she's like Italian mm -hmm. anyway uh, but Niles has finally got the pen face Fraser and he's like I think it's time to separate the men from the boys you will never top this bit yeah alright now I won't top it I will double it then I'd like to see the look on your face when I double your bit you didn't double it, you just added $50 to it. Before he can say it again, the auctioneer pulls the whistle and Martin's like, Yes! And he overbuys barbecue and he's like, And then the geniuses are mine. <laughs> well, there is certainly some spirit, this is the auction now, some spirited bidding for the luncheon, wasn't there? My goodness, $4,050. And then <laughs> and Nails like, What have I done? Your, your competence has gotten the better of you, and it serves you right. You you endured know, the overwhelming <laughs> interest in this luncheon. I propose we add another place to the table. And it is if we can... <laughs> Excuse me again. That is if we can convince our runner-up, Dr. Fraser Crane, to match his brother's generous bid. And it was like, God, Ben Fraser looks a bit awkward. What do you say, Dr. Crane? Yeah, he's like, well, all right. Dear God, we just paid $8,000 for a lunch. Fraser, just try to remember. It's for a very worthy cause. And then the auctioneer goes, and thanks to the Dr. Crane, There'll be a lot fewer homeless cats on the streets of Seattle next year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a perfectly noble but silly cause. I mean, yeah, I mean, 
maybe not the maybe not up in the top tier of noble causes, but at least it's good for the cats and everything if you're a cat or anything, but like definitely not not something they would consider worth spending all that money on. No, no, they wouldn't. I mean if you like you say if 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 you were a cat lover. Yeah. Yeah, you can see that shit. Still don't know, no, don't, still don't know what it has to do with Kelly and Grunther who can't walk. Did a homeless cat take her legs? I don't know. Maybe she's just a cripple who likes cats. Maybe. And then like, Lots of crippled people like cats. Anyway, moving on. Daphne's like, oh, how's that? Did you have a good time at the auction? <coughs> um, oh, yeah, I got a great new barbecue, a Windsor Monic 2000. I wonder when name it that because it's the one the royal family uses. Oh, I'm sure it is. Actually, the new postage stamp is in England. It's Her Majesty with a pair of barbecue tongs and a sauce brush. <laughs> and then Fraser is there and he's like, Yes, well, at least Dad didn't have to go into debt for his purchase. Oh, yes. Ross told me about your little luncheon with the geniuses. What, Ross beat us back here? Yes, he was trying to ditch snow. Apparently, he's not allowed on the highway with his mole bits. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's like, Fraser, why do we do this? All this competition, where do they even start? That's a good question, Niles. Think back to when the first thing you remember is competing over. Well, it had to be a mom. Always jockeying for her attention. Well, it was a lot more difficult for me. Actually, you being her favourite. What? You were the favourite? Oh, don't be ridiculous, Niles. She adored you. Don't you remember the time you lost your tricycle? She actually took mine away and gave it to you? It was for your own good. Don't eight-year-olds should be on a tricycle. I had a chronic ear infection that affected my balance. Well, Mom, worked at the ground you walked on. Remember when she brought, brought those bowls home from party class? She used yours for the cranberry sauce at Thanksgiving, and mine was a dog dish. Well, what did you expect her to do? You painted a little dog right on it. It was a turkey. Well, isn't this ironic? Both those things the other one was favorite, when in fact, neither of us was. Our oh, competition is pointless. Wish, wish, wish you talked about this years ago. Oh, Lord, yes. Thanks, we could have spared ourselves. You remember those IQ tests we took? I was sick waiting for the results. Which we never found out, of course. Mom refused to tell us anything except that we were two points apart. Yes, I always knew you had the higher score. I was convinced you did. Well, Mom certainly did. Well, Mom certainly had the right not to tell us. Yes, she certainly was. She knew back then we were both too childish and better to handle it. Yeah. I was brownies like, you know, I think it's a sign of real growth here in us. Find out what those scores are right now. Exactly. I mean, how often in life do you get a forward opportunity to discover how real, how evolved you are? Exactly. Dad, you know how our cues are. And he's like, no, but I've got a pretty good idea of that auction tonight. <laughs> no, Dad, our, the IQ as we did when we were children. Did you say those? Oh, sure. Your mother and I saved all that stuff. Report cards, fingerprints, poems. It's all in an old Valentine's box in the closet. Look, Dad, I just admit it, you're more sentimental than you let on. Yeah, I guess I am. That's the first case of beer Muller and I ever bought together. I still can't get over how much they spent at that auction. Oh, we've always tried to one-up each other. I suppose all brothers are like that. Mine certainly were. Everything was a contest. Who could run the fastest, jump the highest? They even had a strange little <laughs> one where they take my little brother Michael, put him in a potato set, and so you could roll him across the farthest across the frozen lake. <laughs> oh, they loved that game. Until they get a spring thaw set out early, and poor Michael went right through the ass. <laughs> oh, they got hell for that one, they did. Of course, they got it worse a week later when Michael's toe finally fell off. 
<laughs> Michael cried and cried until they told him, put on his pillow for the tour fair. And then we got five quid. God, was all I could do for someone counting off the rest of them. <laughs> and then, like, Martin the whole time is just all horrified. And like, like, my God. And then he's like, hey, well, the thing's along with that box. <laughs> if you're going to hear his dad, that's the first treasure trove of memorabilia. Choir ribbon, most improved badminton tap dance certificate. Ah, yes, I remember going through this box with your mother. She always used to know what to say, what to cheer me up. So what if the trophy says baking instead of baseball? My catcher's mitts are our mitts. They're our little champions. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. And then they eventually go through and they find the report card. Like, ah, here it is. And then Nails reads it out. Very sure. 129. Is that good? Good, it's practically genius. Bravo, Fraser. That's enough, Niles. Now, where are you? Higher or lower? I'm a seaman, man, yes. I am... I am... Higher. Oh, well, congratulations. I doff my hat to you, Mr. 131. Higher. What do you mean, higher? Mom told us we were two points apart. Well, apparently Mom was being tactful. Tactful? Oh, give me that. Take it and read it. 156. My God, that's... 27 points. Yes, I know. Yes, I know. <laughs> Never should have told you guys about that box. No, no, Dad, it's fine. You know, the entire point of this was to excite the room now that I moved beyond our competitiveness, and now we have. I'm very proud of my kid bro. Thank you. And I am proud of how mature you're being about all this. In fact, if it were a test for maturity, I think your score would be much. That, that's enough, Alf. Yeah, yes, we go ahead. Oh, no. Go to bed, you know, get refreshed for our meeting with the three geniuses. Or, in my case, the four geniuses. <laughs> yeah, and they all, they're all the nice things, they all say goodnight, and he goes, he goes, as soon as he goes to the door, Daphne, is that university library open all night? And she's like, I think so, why do you ask? God, say so I'm gonna let my little brother humiliate me tomorrow. And then Martin's like, what are you talking about? That he is smarter than me. Now to be sitting there. Uh, Rambling on with geniuses about the cosmos, black holes, matter, antimatter, and I won't matter at all. I'm gonna have to make myself a nice thermos full of coffee and get down to the library. Oh, Fraser, what do you think you're gonna learn in one night? Just enough to ask some informed questions, Dad. I may not have a 156 IQ, but I am a quick study. Daphne, is there something wrong with this coffee pot? You have to plug it in. Oh, there you see. I won't have you won't have to tell me that again. Uh, here uh, there are fiddlesticks and uh, like hello Niles, here. I sure slept well last night. Oh, just like a baby. Like a baby with library privileges. I know what you did. Uh, how? Will you rush me out of there last night? I sensed your was that. I waited in my car and sure enough, ten minutes later you tore out of your garage. Niles, I'm so sorry. It's just that. Oh no, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear any more of your fossil excuses and keep sneezing like, look, it's in tight. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I think your competitive has sunk to a new low. I'm ashamed of you. I'm terribly sorry. I've got some cure or even coming on this luncheon at all. And Nails keeps like, scratching yeah. his ear and everything like, you just scratched your ear. And yeah, you like, you just scratched your ear. You were at the library too. No, I most certainly was not. The only thing that makes you sneeze and scratch your ear is your parchment mic allergy. So that was you sneezing from behind the stacks all night. 
Well, I had to go. I knew you'd be racing out here with your scientific journals faster than a proton and a particle accelerator. Oh, stop showing off. You know, speaking of accelerating particles, why don't you do something about that sneezing? Well, I took some of these pills for four, and apparently not strong enough. I've got to take a couple more. It's mm. eating them. Uh, <laughs> Niles, why don't you just go home and go to bed? Well, that's exactly what you'd like for me to be happening. What did you just say? Well, if you didn't repeat it the first time, I'm not going to listen to it. My medication is affecting your speech. You're just taking a second dose of it. For God's sake, you're going to make a fool of yourself. Well, you should talk to your sticky hand and your twitching eyes. You're up all night drinking coffee, aren't you? <laughs> I'm not twitching. You will not sign me into twitching. Did the may I offer you? Is there something <laughs> wrong with your eye? No, it's fine. Can I get you something to drink? Yes, some coffee. Decaf. I'd like a cup of tea, sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love that bit. Can you imagine the episode he's sitting there, keeping the glaze, glassy eye and distracting? He's like, I like a cup of tea, sounds nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice, no, no, you should leave. You're embarrassing yourself, for God's sakes. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just. The, one of the end parts of this episode came into my head and. You'll know it when you get to it, because you'll laugh too. <laughs> but, uh... Niles, you know what? You should leave. You're embarrassing yourself, for God's sake. I'm never le leaving while you're still not leaving. You know you had a good... A good <laughs> I'm never leaving while you're still not leaving. You know you had the good bed. Well, now you're just hallucinating. When we moved to Wallace Lane... And we shared a room, and you got to pick where you would be to having your sleeping. If it's easily ill on the ballot. No, the beds were identical. <laughs> where are you about to explain this to a man with elbow and butter? <laughs> well, well. Oh, let me, let me, let me. <laughs> oh, he shows his other elbow. He's like, well, who's hallucinationing now? <laughs> well. Have you taken these pills before? No, but they fixed my nose. I just wish they wouldn't make me so hyper. <laughs> God's sake, you spilled water all over me, you jackass. Ooh, napkin. Hello, napkin. <laughs> and then he just, yeah, sticks, just collapse on the floor. Like, now, now let's wake up. Excuse me. Oh, Dr. Zephyr. Goodness. It's quite an honor. He's down there, he's down there. Let me address my brother, Dr. Niles Gray, and Niles, he's 60 times like. <laughs> <laughs> he's like on the floor next to the table. You. <laughs> you know you had the good. <laughs> I would like a cup of tea, sounds nice. <laughs> The next day, he's in the kitchen, he's making up burger pies for his dad to put on his new barbecue. Well, I don't know, it's bright to see you off so soon. Are you alright? I feel, uh, not bad. A little dry. But I think it makes a scratching noise. Let me get you some water. Thank you. Well, how long did we last the lunch? Oh, not long. $9,000 doesn't buy the leisurely lunch it used to. Wait a minute, I thought it was 8,000. No, no, you knocked over the aquarium on the way out. You know, 
you know, whatever. When I feel, whenever I feel envious by drag queen again, I'll just conjure up the image of you sprawled <laughs> out in the bed of uh, a live koi, weeping and deathly trying to revive that plastic driver. That's the bet. <laughs> oh. I figured that'd be the bet. <laughs> trying to revive that plastic diver. Oh dear. It's just the image of your head and Niles weeping and trying to revive a plastic diver. <laughs> 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 You know, something similar to my brother when he was very young, I think it was when I may have just been a baby, but uh, he had a little fish and he thought the fish was lonely. And so he, he got this tiny little plastic thing of, a, oh. of another fish or like one that looked like a shark. And it was a plastic thing, so he wanted to put it in the, the tank to give it company. Put it in, it came, the thing slowly came down, hit the, hit the goldfish on the head, <laughs> killed the fucking fish. <laughs> Um, Fucking idiot. But uh, weeping and just trying to revive like a little plastic dabber. Oh dear. Alright, Niles. Alright, Niles. Hurry up. Those pennies. I got five more pounds in the fridge. Right, Dad. Dad's yes. having his poker chums already. Give him a hand with the barbecue. You can give me a hand here. Alright, they start making up pennies. Like, when is this ever going to end? So I'll set up competitiveness. Oh, probably never, Niles. Whatever will it started with seeking mom's approval or some other insecurity, we're locked in a pattern. Now that we'll probably never get out of. That sounds bleak. No, no, not necessarily. There have been some benefits to it. I probably wouldn't have done so well at school if I hadn't had if I hadn't been for the fear that I'd be best by my brainy little brother. Well, I was certainly spurred on by your success as well, you know. Why else would I have joined the chess club and the drama club and the key club? Other possible reason would there be spend the summer training seeing eye dogs aside from helping the blind. You know what? I might have pushed myself onto Harvard and Oxford. Well, I mean I've had to I might not have been a lead lead I might have been lit to psychiatry if I hadn't been for <laughs> He's like, Well, I might not have been lit to psychiatry, which has been the saving grace of my life. Gonna get that fucking sentence out. <laughs> yeah. You see now? Frankly, we both have a lot to thank each other for. Come a lot of those two little boys starving for their parents' approval, and then how's it coming? And then their the parents like, they're like, oh, nice job on those patties. Thank so? you. Really think so? Yeah, not too thick, not too thin. Tying out to hold their own shape. Perfect. Thank you, Dad. Just wait till you see the next batch in the name. Yeah. <laughs> Surprised you let them keep it out there. Oh, well, it's a bit of an eyesore and, frankly, kind of a fire hazard, but what the hell, it makes them happy. You got to say, I almost complained with the building, didn't you? I'm gone by Thursday. <laughs> and then the the credits is, is Daphne having a dream where she sees uh, Martin uh, drinking a beer and using the barbecue with a woman dressed like the Queen. Yeah. <laughs> and then she wakes up and just looks out in the balcony. Uh, so, we... Uh, but there's some funny moments here, I mean, Roy's got a chance to shine as well with the woman at the auction, then there's uh, hallucinating nails at the, yeah. the lunch as well. Oh, you stro- know you had the good bet. Wait, the place where you would be having your sleeping. <laughs> this is a firm thumbs up from, from me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you said three solid episodes already. I don't know what else there really is to say three, about them. Three of possibly the best episodes in this season, I would say. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I would wouldn't know where to start ranking all the episodes in oh, the no, season. Oh no, like, no, no. Well, like, there's some solid ones earlier on in the season. As oh well. hell yeah, hell yeah. Season six is a fucking is a strong season overall. Oh yeah, it really is. I mean, I think we may want to wait till like we're eventually, whenever that happens, we finish the whole Fraser. 
And then we then may need to go back, I think, and then like rank the seasons <sighs> overall. Like yeah. what season was overall there, which had the most consistent like strong episodes and things like that. Yeah, that'd be because I think good. season six would be maybe I'm not going to say it would be number one, but it would definitely be in the top three. I think. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah! <laughs> so there you go. Oh, if there's not much else to say, then this was good. Then I think it's the best place to wrap up because I think we said everything ah, we can. So this, this has been our most our most fluid and coherent Fraser review in a while. <laughs> yeah, when we yeah when we finally got to the Fraser after thirty five minutes, we got there. We done it. It was good. It was golden. You knew where you'd be having your ramblings. <laughs> yes. You know you had the good couch seat. Couch is exactly the identical. Oh, it's not. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Look. So, different one. I'm talking about this couch here, the one we are sitting yeah, on. you didn't specify. Ah, now who's hallucinationing now? Yeah. Anyway, thank you for checking out this podcast. And thank you for... And we hope you'll listen to our future Phaser episodes. We hope you'll go back and listen to past episodes that we've done. Looking at the last six episodes. We hope you'll check out the episode I mentioned earlier where I, looked, I broke down... What I called the, my perfect season of Frasier. What yeah. I tried to put together to call a perfect season of Frasier. We also do a lot of wrestling content. Unless, if this is your first time, listen, check out our past wrestling reviews, like old pay-per-views, our Impact pod. Uh, we have a big episode. Well, recent episode was an Impact show. We're yeah, going to have was, a big yeah. Impact show in a couple of weeks' time when Slammiversary happens. Oh. Like 20th anniversary. Are you looking forward to it? I am very much I am looking forward. forward to it. And we're going to have some big stuff. I mean... After we say discussion at the start, we may at some point in this couple of weeks try to add into our schedule a wee and other food-related ramblings. Yeah, and we have point. we have those in our past episodes as well. We have our confectionery one and yeah, our confectionery conundrum. Did we do one of those or did we do, have we done two of those? I think ones? we did. We technically did. I think we did two and a half because I thought, oh, we did two of them. Then the second one was part of another podcast where we talked about other things. So yeah. on the sofa, but then we did another one. So you know. So, there's food in there, there's Ultimate Rambles, there's, all sorts there's Drunken the Silliness. There's film reviews we've been doing, there are Cloud to Get, which ties into Frasier, because we're looking at Frasier actors, and there are other most notable roles, like we did Frasier and David Hyde, we did Kirsty Graham and David Hyde Pierce we did. appearing in, uh, in, in The Simpsons as Sideshow Bob and Cecil, and we did uh, Kirsty Graham's part in uh, Toy Story 2 as Stinky Pete the Prospector, and in a few weeks... We are going to return to that when we look at David I. Pierce as the stick insect yes! in Bugs Life in a few weeks' time. I love that film yes. so much. I really do. I saw it. Swish, swish, lang, lang. <laughs> <laughs> but on the next episode that you will be hearing from us uh, will be a fun retrospective. It'll be looking at the WWF and briefly WWE European Championship. It'll be a, a similar like length of time that was around for similar to like the light of title, but a lot more to talk about in the I'm middle. Very, I think. I'm very much more appreciated title than the light heavyweight. Oh title, yeah, far more. But still a very underappreciated title, I think. I mean, we only had one proper champion, and it was the initial champion. I think you had to really like grow up in that era, or basically, if you if you weren't born that time. Be a fan of the era it was around to really appreciate and remember the European. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, like you say, you either had to have grown up in the era or just be a real WWF and early E fan. Yeah, 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 definitely. And we'll talk about that and points where. Sorry, sorry to cut in on you, but no, no, no. briefly, would you agree with me on my point there that the only real European champion we had 
was the initial champ with Bulldog. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't agree. I think we had people who also held it who did their best to bring prestige to the belt. It didn't always work. Oh, he did, but I think I think Bulldog Bulldog's initial run with it was good. I think he was one of the strongest single reigns, but there were people who did. Who I think also like when you think of the UPC, you can also think of them as well. We're gonna talk about people like Dilo Brown and. Towards the end, William Regal. You got Jericho. Yeah, towards the end, William Regal was a really strong European champion. He was. He was. I think uh, other than Bulldog, I think he was a proper fit for it too. You know, they were the only two actual European men to hold the belt. Yeah, yeah. Did Tajiri hold it? No. Tajiri did randomly hold the WCW US title for a week. Was that an invasion wing? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, the fucking belt switches around like three or four times during the invasion. I'll talk Jeez. about that in the retrospective. But yeah. there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of shenanigans. Some uh, some Shawn Michaels bollocks through <laughs> that we talked about. And, uh, <laughs> ah! <laughs> you know, we know you don't need any help from us, Sarge. But we made an ass out of you. Merry Christmas. Ah! <laughs> Uh, this is his greatest moment since my kid was born. Well, I don't have a kid that I know of. <laughs> oh, what a bunch of bastards. <laughs> but I lived them, so I did. So, even if you're vaguely into wrestling, but you're also into Fage, or even if you're not a wrestling fan, we'll try, try that episode next week when we bring it to you. You might enjoy it, you know. Listen to us, we're yeah. nice. Yeah, if you like this, you might enjoy that one. But until then... I sobered up for this episode. But until then, <laughs> from my good friend Paul and... and my myself, good friend Scott. Uh, this has been our rambling podcast. And much like Fraser Cream, we'll just bid you good day and good mental health. And, and, just shortly, if you would like to subscribe to our podcast, it would be a great boon to us. It would be. A great boon. Thank Signing you. off. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Oh my And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegs <laughs> But I don't know what to do With those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face What is a boy to do? Frazier has left the building.